2: Join the discussion
3: by dialing seven two four treble four seven treble four. Call ID nine zero three three seven.
4: Hey, how you doing? Uh, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here. Yeah, it's Monday, and it's August the fifteenth. Of 2016, that would be the year, and uh, yeah, we're doing Hoaxbusters Call as of now. And uh, well, let's check out the chat roll call who's here, uh, White Snow, Kalita Brigante, Tiny Man, Wade 57. Arizona and Rochello. All right, real good, real good. Well, let's see. Um yeah, I was out, took a trip, and um back now. And see, went to Austin, Texas, and that was really cool. We had a hoax buddies summit in Austin. And we had uh, a meetup with, let's see, who's all showed up. We had, uh, yeah, Kay Hamad and Rochello came down from the uh, Pacific Northwest region. And also Greg. And we met up with uh, Cole Bobo, Sean. And uh and our hoax buddy Jim S. And it was great. It was really good. Um I got accommodations over at uh, Jim's place. Really nice place, and uh so we checked out some of the scenery and that was um yeah, good times had by all. Uh see uh, yeah it was uh, really interesting there was a um a shooting that took place on uh what was it saturday night um something like that yeah and it was uh i don't know i guess it made it into the news media but it wasn't um i guess apparently that big of a deal so that it didn't make national it was kind of some uh, some woman got shot, killed apparently, and then uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what motivated it. I didn't really look that far into it. Uh I think uh, Kay mentioned something about her wanting to maybe uh, call in and, and talk about that for a bit, like her take on the whole thing. And it was uh, another shooting, I guess it took, Somebody pulled a gun, too, later. And this was on... This is what I'm talking about. This was at 6th Street in Austin. And uh, that was a... Uh, quite lively part of town at that time of night. Uh, so I was just kind of checking it out. And, uh, yeah, a lot of activity, a lot of people out. I guess they have part of the street cordoned off. And then... Uh, so there's kind of just people free roaming out into the street. And then there's just kind of venue after venue clubs and so, so on and so forth. And then there's a, yeah, a lot going on. So I guess in the whole, whole fracas there, there was a, a couple of people pulling guns and shooting and then somebody got killed apparently. And then another person later in the evening pulled a gun and uh i wasn't witness to any of this i think this took place after i was already turning in for the night but then uh somebody got a beat down cuz they pulled the gun and then some bystanders grabbed the person and and beat him up and uh but um yeah that that i guess apparently went down there um yeah, it's a, a balloon crash or something. I don't know much about that. And then I saw something on YouTube about him calling it out as hoax. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see anything going on. I didn't see. I've heard about it. But, yeah, you could be in an area and something happened and you don't even know anything about it because you didn't see nothing. Well, I was gone at the, before anything ever happened. But anyway, yeah, that. that. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, Austin's an interesting place. Um so Jim was kind of touring me around. We went to a couple of places and, uh, yeah, I checked out one area that was, um, uh, I, I was kind of taken aback by it because it seemed like, Oh, this is kind of the, apparently what it looked like to me is like, Oh, this community of the future. Well, a lot of development is going on around that area between Austin and San Antonio. And it was, uh, yeah, all this sprawling complex of, uh, apartments or condos or maybe a combination of both. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. The types of developments that are going on in you know, major cities probably across the United States, but, uh, yeah, we're kind of talking a bit about agenda 21 and, and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, you see some of these areas that are developed and they look, uh, uh, centered around this this kind of communal living type thing or apartments and then like the apartment complexes seem to be getting bigger and bigger and um, that particular complex kind of extended, uh far back. I mean, it was like a, it was like a huge, huge complex, just apartment building after apartment building. And it, they looked like kind of a higher end ones. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was just interesting from that perspective of looking at how, uh, things are kind of gearing up towards more of that where you have kind of like, a, apparently like a living center, like a more maybe upscale one in that, in that case. But, uh, yeah, I had a, like a, uh, something that i'd never heard of before it was uh, uh a golf game where it's kind of in inside of this um sort of uh a, arena this kind of pent-in area and then they have uh some way to keep score of where your 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 golf ball goes and you're aiming for these different targets it looks look, look pretty interesting and that was uh kind of in that area and it was um Yeah, it was kind of a, uh, it looked like a, the whole thing taking it in looked like a kind of a, like a contained area. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what I'm driving at here, trying to explain it. Yeah, just like it, like we've talked about before on the calls with John and stuff like that. And then, you know, we got, uh, you know, target towns now and these different, uh, they're they're sort of like communal live not communal living necessarily, but um where everything is kind of a it's like a self contained uh development where everything is kind of in one spot. Or you can almost kind of go throughout all your day to day life and not have to leave this one kind of contained area. And that's kind of what it what it was looking what was shaping up to be. So you have your little stores, little coffee shops, little Shopping areas, you will think kind of all kind of contained in one kind of community area neighborhood type situation. But, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Austin seems like a really cool place. I'm just saying, yeah, it was, uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, oh, of course, you know, restaurants and, uh, areas that were designated for, uh, kind of, Seeing seeing live music and then, uh, you know, restaurants and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it looked like a pretty, pretty happening place and seemed to be, be growing and expanding. And, uh, the San Antonio and Austin seemed to be in the process of becoming one m- m- megapolis or however you want to say it, me- megapolis or just one big huge metropolitan area kind of like Dallas is that's it's kind of what it seems like it's shaping up to be. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good visit. It was really interesting. Um, really good meeting everybody and, uh, great hoaxbusters call listeners and seeing them in person. And, uh, we had really good conversation and eats and, uh, Everybody was super cool. Um, we, uh, basically that's what it was is kind of sitting around talking, having a few drinks, having some eats, and, uh, kind of going into this conversation kind of like we do here on the calls, but it was, uh, you know, it was in person. And, um, yeah. So who was the coolest? Oh of course like uh Rochelle says she was the coolest person there. Yeah, I have to, I have to say though like all all jokes aside, Rochelle was really cool. Kay was really cool. I mean everybody was cool. I can't uh I can't uh be be selective about who who was coolest, but um no, everybody was like super cool. Um Let's see what see. what else did we uh go to a live music show that was interesting uh check out a band and uh that was monday but um yeah really good hopefully do more of those in the future if anybody's up for that go um meet up at somewhere and uh yeah, I don't uh I don't want to divulge anything that I mean it's, it's, some people might have gotten shit-housed, I don't know. I've heard it, I wasn't there. I don't I don't want to name names. But um yeah, not anything, not anything uh too too extensively outrageous. But um yeah, it was fun. Oh, Rochelle said it wasn't her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was real good times. Oh, uh, what else? Yeah. San, uh, San Antonio, uh, river, the river walk. Yeah. That was really, it, that was a really cool place to check out. Um, yeah, it's just shops, restaurants and so forth around the river walk there. They got it all built up. It's real fancy smancy, and, uh, um, uh, yeah, that is really, really neat. Oh, the Alamo. Yeah. Yeah. Saw that. Didn't, didn't really go investigate it, but, um, uh, passed by it on the road. and it's, Oh, there's the Alamo. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's, that's good. Uh, that was there. Yeah. Yeah. that, and, uh, but, um, yeah, really good, really good food. Really good, really good beer. Uh, I, I put back a few beers. Um, I like to have a few beers, but, uh, yeah, kept it, kept it within, uh, reasonable boundaries and, um, didn't go off the rails. And that's good. That's always good when you don't, when you keep it between the ditches and you don't go off the rails, that's always a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I got, uh, <laughs> I got, um, I'm getting a peanut gallery over here. Uh, I, I got a. Caller, guest caller that I'm hoping will come on soon here, uh, a YouTuber that goes, the channel is called How I See the World. Uh, he does some good, good YouTube videos. He makes calls to the, uh, uh you know, quote unquote authorities and he asks some questions. He makes some calls to the Orlando Hospital and, um, yeah, it was uh it was good that he got in contact. He got back in contact with me and uh hopefully he'll be coming on here shortly and I'll bring him on the call. I noticed that I got uh several people Oh yeah, there go. okay, yeah. Um yeah, if you can hear me, uh Robin, go ahead and uh go ahead and call in. I got a couple of people, looks like uh, several people here that want to want to call in and I'll bring, I'll bring them on uh, after we get an opportunity here to speak with uh, Robin for a bit. So this is not the typical hoaxbusters busters, um, what you call uh, procedurals, proceduratories or what have you. So we're going off, going off, we're going off the, uh, regular format. Let me, add Robin to the call. Do, 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 do. All right, all right. Hey, Chris. Hey, there he is. Okay, good. Yeah, um, so here's Robin. We got, uh, yeah, so I started up the call here and, um, you. Robin, you got a YouTube channel? That's it's, yeah. It's, uh, yes.
0: So here's Robin. We got a. Yes, so I started to call here. Oh, we're
4: getting and, an echo there or something. <laughs> yeah, i got a YouTube <laughs> channel. That's
0: yeah. Um,
4: oh, I know <laughs> what's going on. Do you have your browser playing the uh, audio through the oh, br- your through screen your screen browser? Yeah, well,
3: we a YouTube <laughs> channel. That's, I think that's what it was. Oh, I know.
4: Yeah, if you just close out of that, that'll. I just
2: uh, audio through your browser. Sorry. Yeah. I'll just wait a minute for it. Yeah, it's
4: got a. It's got like a. It's got like a. A thirty-second delay or something. So everything that I said just a while ago, I'm hearing it back to the headphones. So I'm just waiting for it to finish out. Yeah, it's got a kind of like a. It's kind of like a.
2: 30 second delay or something so everything that I yeah we're hit. getting
4: everything feeding back robin i don't know what's going on there if Wait. it's uh
3: yeah. well i turn, i close, i shut the whole thing out
4: completely oh really so I, i'm still getting it feeding back through my headphones i think it's
3: i can hear it i don't know maybe
4: uh do you have your do you have audio playing through your speakers or feeding into your mic maybe or
2: my headphones i think it's
4: uh, hold on, I don't
3: know what's going on
4: here. Uh, okay. Do you have audio playing through your speakers or
0: cheating into your mic maybe or...
3: I'm just trying to see if I have you open on two windows here.
4: Yeah, and there might be another window open or something, I don't know. But I'm still hearing it.
3: I don't see it. Yeah, um, there might be another window
0: open or something, I don't know. still hearing it.
3: Oh, sorry. That's weird. I think that was it.
4: Okay, sounded like it stopped.
3: There was a second window behind my. There was like a second pop-up window behind my browser here. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know how that got there. But oh it yeah,
4: fun. maybe. Hey, uh, maybe <laughs> talks you to that and click pull. the
3: button.
4: It pulls. <laughs> Pulls another window open. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, not, okay, not for an entrance.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. I know it's a. Uh, oh boy, it's a standard, <clears throat> it's a standard thing. But yeah, it looks like it's been resolved now. Good. Anyway, so um, oh, so like I was saying, you got a YouTube channel, How I
3: See the World. Um, yeah, two channels actually. I have. The How I See the World channel, and I have the How I See Sandy Hook channel. The Sandy oh, Hook yeah, channel, okay. All things Sandy Hook, because you know that's how I lost my last channel. It was attacked by you know Lenny Posner. We might get into that, but uh, so when I re when I started a new channel, I just made it separate in case it gets attacked again. Then I won't lose all this other content. You know, I talk about lots of other things other than just Sandy Hook. So.
4: Yeah, so you got a, you got some kind of copyright claim on your channel and then the YouTube took it down because of, now Lenny Posner, people aren't familiar, he was, uh, had a, allegedly had a child die in Sandy Hook. And yeah. that's, uh, and so you're putting videos out kind of, Showing the indiscrepancies there with the Sandy Hook thing, and then he's putting copyright claims. Now, what was his? Just out of curiosity, what was his claims that he was making against? He was saying he, he was saying that his image is
3: copyrighted, or what? How was? How did he have a
4: copyright claim on anything? I was just, I was just he, wondering what the angle was on that.
3: Puts a copyright strike on any any photograph of Noah Posner. At least, yeah, he okay. was. I've been noticing, you know, on YouTube there's all kinds of videos out there with Noah Posner's face on it all over the place. And you know, I don't know why these people aren't getting copyright strikes from him unless you know it's it's to come, I don't know. But that's what he did with me. Every single time I'd have Noah Posner in a video, he would he would strike the video. And if it was a picture of him, or if it was a story, you know, about about his his um, theft of intellectual property from independent media solidarity. You know, if I if I did a video about that and showing the documentation that proves he was the one who stole that that information, you know, he put in privacy claims. So he was just attacking me left and right, left and right. That's that's basically what he. That's what he'll have to do now for the rest of his life, basically. Now that he's got himself mixed up in the Sandy Hook fraud
4: yeah so uh yeah it's just interesting how they come at certain people and then they'll put put these kind of ridiculous claims on your on your channel when based on some idea that uh his image is copyright or something like that or privacy claimed or something like that, and at the same time it, the his image is slathered all over the regular media and everything that which absolutely doesn't make any sense. Yeah. other than they're just kind of just yeah using using that to harass you. I don't know like what is what you know YouTube is saying that somebody has a valid claim when obviously the image is everywhere that that doesn't yeah that doesn't make
3: to prove that he has a copyright. I've never seen any evidence whatsoever that he actually owns a copyright on any of those images. And you know, YouTube's probably all a part of this game as well, protecting them and censoring us and allowing our channels to get shut down. He he doesn't, he's still doing it all the time. And really, if you contest his strikes, you always win. But how I lost was he put in three strikes at the same time on the same videos he'd already made strikes on and lost. But he did it three in a row and the channel, you, you lose your channel if you get three copyright strikes. So that's how he did that.
4: Yeah, the way it's set up, I guess it's not too hard to do. Somebody just make a claim and then the YouTube yanks your channel, which is pretty ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, is. there's no kind of um, – yeah, once they take your channel down, I guess there's no – it's harder to get a channel restored than it is just one video, right? I mean,
3: Oh, yeah. I tried and tried. I contacted the copyright department at YouTube many times. And got, you know, vague responses or, or a message saying this is how you can test a copyright strike, go to your channel. But well, you can't, your channel's gone. <laughs> so it's this ridiculous <laughs> vicious circle. And they you know, they don't have to answer to it. I even I even faxed the CEO, a four page letter about what's going on and never heard back from them. So yeah, it's it's what they use, it's what he's using anyway, Lenny Posner. Um But, you know, we just keep fighting because the Sandy Hook thing is not going away. It's not at all going away.
4: Yeah, and then it's, uh, you know, something that you're going to continually hear about. I mean, did they bring out – well, I know they bring out these people from time to time to make appearances. I know on the – I've heard on the Democratic Convention that, of course, they're having the – the the Orlando people like, you know, the shooting victims come out and speak and and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just horrendous with all that, you know? And, um, and of course you're never going to stop hearing about Sandy Hook ever. You know, these people have lifetime acting roles and they're going to be continually making appearances and cashing in. Uh yeah, it was something I was looking into. Um, like we spoke earlier on Skype, Mm-hmm. And uh, we were we were talking about the Orlando, and then I went on and just out of curiosity, we we're talking about um, the fundraising. And you know that that GoFundMe uh, campaign that that popped up like immediately after the Orlando thing. I think it was like within hours they had a GoFundMe page. Like we we're, we're raising money for the victims of Orlando. It's like yeah, already wow, it's really quick on the. Quick on the draw with that, like immediately, go Go Fund Me was up within within I think the very next day, you know, like raising funds. And then they started out with a with a two million dollar drive. And if you look at it now, it's like ten million dollars. It's like holy crap. And if they're almost they almost got it. They almost got the full ten mil. And I don't know how that GoFundMe thing works, but I I didn't know they could continually up the bar on those. I guess they can. I guess it's just a little limit.
3: Yeah, I've done videos showing, you know, I've captured the GoFundMe page, and it shows the goal. And then you go back, and you look again, and it's they've upped the goal because they made their goal. So they just keep increasing it. Like, how how much money does a person need to get over their grief, you know? I mean, what it's... Yeah, they go. And you know, another thing that they put out right away, if if there's a shooting event or something major happens, try to remember to go. Just go to Wikipedia like right away and see if there's anything on it. Because there, there's, I mean, these Wikipedia pages they pop up instantly on these things, um, and they're really fleshed out. And there's all these people working on them, getting that story out. You know. I mean, think about it. Wikipedia is kind of the go-to place to find out, yeah, this thing really happened, and this is all the information. So it gives it credibility if it's on Wikipedia. And that's right. right. It's also how they, you know, when you keep hearing about all this stuff, like you said, at the DNC, Christine Lyman ends up there talking and giving her monologue with her, you know, Mm -hmm. violins and everything. It's how they keep the story alive. And then they always refer... To other events, if they're talking about the Pulse shooting, they'll bring in Sandy Hook and they'll bring in another shooting. It just it keeps the lie alive with everything. And the more of this that's out there, the harder it is for people who need to wake up to believe it's it's a fraud because they hear it everywhere. I mean, it's they're surrounded by it constantly. You know, vigils and crying parents and. GoFundMe fundraisers—it's just endless. It's hard. It's hard for them to believe that that all of that is fake, but it is. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um,
4: it, it's hard for people to to even consider that. You know, it's like, oh well, I don't, What I'm watching on TV is uh, fake, even though, like, uh, I, I pointed this out here that uh, most people don't trust the media most people don't trust the government. If you listen to these polls that are out there.
1: Right.
4: But, uh, still, you know, that they can pull this over on people because it, it, it's so, um, so, uh, audacious. It's just so over the top. It's just so, it's so brazen. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's possible for people to be that brazen in their lies and their, uh, duplicity and all that. But it's like, uh, well, see, it's the no, I mean, we talked about, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, it's the noble lie. See, they're lying to us for our own good. And, um, you know, we just need to accept this, uh, whatever the agenda is, gun control or, or I think it's, it goes beyond gun control, really. I think it's, it, it's, it's a conditioning process to keep, to get people to, uh, accept Kind of overall more control in general, you know, from the so-called authorities. You know, like they need more leadway, they need more control, they need more influence over our individual decision making, over our lives. And this is this is the way to get. And I, I don't think they're so concerned about people of, of our generation because I, I, you know, they like, oh well, you know, we're gonna what what what. I, I, I'm almost 50 here and I'm going to probably be dead in a couple more decades more than likely. So it doesn't really matter what I think and people around (laughs) in my generation, it doesn't really see there. I think it's the conditioning of the minds of this, you know, the generation coming up and the people that are like right now, probably maybe going through uh, early adulthood and stuff like that. This is, this is all kind of really focused in on their, their, you know, changing their attitudes and shaping their mind, you know? So when they, uh, come of age that they'll, they'll, be, uh, properly conditioned. And I think what, what it's overall design is to condition them to accept more, um, uh, to, to, give up more of their sovereignty or their more, their free will or their, their, their self, uh, um, you know, their self, uh, uh, or the idea of, you know, the, 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 this, this thing called authority, the thing called government having more uh, control over their, their
3: lives, you know. Right. Or, or worse than that, there will be generations to come that won't even be aware of the word sovereignty. You know, it's not like it's not like something they'll just give up easily. They won't even it won't even be a part of their thought process because it'll be conditioned out of out of us. And, you know, like you said, the the young now, they're growing up with their iPhones attached to their hand. And, you know, the I mean, when I grew up, when I was a kid, you know, I was playing in the street and just doing what kids do, you know. And nowadays, and we didn't have the Internet back then, of course. So I didn't have – nobody had the kind of information we have at our fingertips right now. But kids today – this is an upside to this. Um, kids today grow up, they have that at their fingertips. So hopefully, hopefully they're able to counter our nefarious governments, plural governments, um, brainwashing and manipulation. Because they will be able to find it on the Internet and, and get the truth. I hope. And they're not just watching video games. <laughs> I hope they're doing more than that.
4: Yeah, I don't, um I, I, I don't know, like, uh, how all this will kind of, you know, play, play itself out, but it does seem like there is a lot of people that are kind of on, onto this, you know, and they, and they're not, they're not buying it, you know, even, even the, you know, younger, younger people, I think are, are kind of cluing in on what's going on and they don't trust these, uh, so called authorities and the media and all that. And I, yeah, I think there's a, Po- positive developments taking taking place, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't I don't think it's a total lost cause necessarily, but uh, yeah. On the other on the other hand, too, I think there's there's a pretty big pretty big segment of the population that is just uh, so mind bombed that they um, yeah. will, will just accept just about everything that they're told, and they don't really look. To, they don't really think too deeply about much, you know, it's kind of everything is kind of uh, g- gone over to this uh, materialistic kind of shallow, kind of ego-centered, egocentric type of worldview mm-hmm. where that, that has been hev- heavily promoted, you know, over the last, you know, however many decades in the pop culture and stuff like that. And then, you know, it, it, and then now, people are being bombarded with this whole, um, you know, gender identity thing and the homosexuality and every, every variation of that that can be imagined. And then, then somehow as some way or or for some reason or another, that it has, has become like, like the most important thing to talk about, most important thing to dwell on. I mean, they got the, uh, I'm not even really following the Olympics at all, but I've, I've, you know, ran across some YouTuber video. They're talking about like, Oh, now they got the, they got a trend. They got a transgender,
2: uh, people
4: in the Olympics now and they're, uh, spotlighting them. And it's like, like, yeah, it's just, it's like a, like a switch has been turned on all of a sudden. And now it's like, Oh, this, this transgender thing has got to be really, really heavily promoted. And and it's like, well, you know, what's, what's going on with that? And I think it's the thing that I think it has, um, it, it, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it, we're seeing it as, as part of a conditioning process. And I think this has been, this has been going on for, you know, some time. And we talk about like, uh, concepts like, you know, postmodernism and stuff like that. It's, it's like the, the, mm-hmm. the tearing down of, uh, anything that was previously deemed normal or, or even the idea of anything being normal, you know, and, uh, I think that you know we're, we're like we're looking at with this Orlando shooting and this other stuff is like it, that was front and center was the whole gay agenda and all that so that's another thing too that comes into play with a lot of these things is it's the scripted nature of it and then these agendas that get that get pushed forward at the same time
3: yeah what what do you mean by the like the agenda having to do with homosexuality or or what do you mean exactly well the the idea that um i mean just i, I think the, so. as a distraction like to so i mean cuz i believe that there the, this is a big deal right now with the transgender thing and the and the and the bathroom issue and all this stuff is is one of their many distractions that they create all the time to keep people from focusing on you know what they should be talking about and looking into that's what yeah. I. That's what I think a lot of this stuff is all about.
4: Well, I think too that there's another another angle on it, which is to like kind of break down uh people's perception of what is, um, you know, like like I was saying before, it was like you know, the definition of normalcy or what is what is normal or what is you know, a, appropriate or not appropriate. And there's like then it then it becomes like well it's just everybody's idea so if i guess i'll put it this way if if somebody can can claim to be like you know like bruce jenner can claim to be a woman and then like it's it's almost as if he magically transformed himself into a woman by putting on makeup and a dress like cuz okay, so if you could do that and everybody is supposed to like you know uh, uh, be give deference to that like oh yeah oh he's actually a woman now and he's like no he's not a fucking woman he's he's a dude in a dress and a wig and makeup he's not a woman you know but but if they can convince enough people that oh yeah he's really a woman and we should see him as a woman now it's like well what what it's it's almost like well anything goes and there is no normalcy and if it's like somebody could do that it's like what is Uh, reality. I don't know. We, we, we make it up in our heads. Is that the, is that the way it all goes down? And then like, I think, I think a lot of this plays into that too. It's like, well, what is, what is reality? Like the, we were talking about earlier, the guy, he saw, he saw like a four inch bullet sticking out of a guy's leg. It's like, well, no, that's not real. Bullets don't come out of the gun in the casing and that doesn't really happen. But, uh, well, how, how does anybody accept that? That's obviously uh, a, a false uh, statement. Or he didn't—he didn't see a
3: four-inch bullet sticking
4: out of anybody's
3: leg. Like you pointed, he probably—he probably knew that bullets were that big, not realizing that when they come out of the shell, they're not that big anymore. And a lot of people in the world probably think the exact same way he does, so they don't even question it. You know, they just—they're just oblivious. People are a lot of people are just oblivious, so they just buy that stuff.
4: Yeah, but I mean, you see what I mean? That's what, you know, you can't deny Louis Barbano his experience. You know, if he, if he saw a four inch bullet sticking out of somebody's leg, then by God, he's, he's, he saw a four inch bullet. There's like, you could, you know, in other words, like it's just, you know, it's, it's more has to do with, uh, just the subjective experience other than, you know, what, what is really possible and what's not. You, you see what I'm saying? Cause everything now is kind of like, in this sort of subjective nether region where it's like everything is even, even reality itself, you know, if they say mm-hmm. something, then it, then it, and it can be, it, 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 it and somebody can have enough passion behind it and emotion behind it. Then it Oh, that's just as real as anything, you know, and that's your truth. And then you can make, can, you can communicate it. And it's truth. You know, it's like somebody puts on some dude, uh, some 250 pound dude, with um with with a hairy chest and and you know uh can put on a sundress and then he's like oh i'm a woman now and everybody looked at me i'm a woman it's like oh yeah you're a woman you gotta you got a dress on now it's like well well if that if that's true then uh then bullets can come out of the gun with the casing intact and everything why not
2: right right. i
4: mean I, i i may be stretching it a bit but I, I, I think this, this does go hand in hand. And I think it's like, and we, we've we kind of talked about this a lot with this postmodernist ideals. Like, well, yeah, nothing is real. Everything's subjective. Everybody has their own truth and their own brand of truth. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that this factors into it a lot with, uh, the way this stuff is presented and it's accepted,
3: you know? Right. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I am, I'm, it's, with the transgender thing, it's more than just putting on a dress. I mean, they really identify as a female. and I don't believe that sexuality is black or white. But as far as I'm concerned with the bathroom issue, if you've got a penis, you go to the men's room. <laughs> and if you don't, then you go to the women's room. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, they got the
4: urinals, and it's, and it's tough for gals to use the urinals. I don't know how they're going to. But then they got these apparatus now where women can use the urinals. They have like some kind of funnel or something. They could use the urinals me? now. It's like, yeah. Are you so.
3: me? Is that really true?
4: I've actually seen that. Yeah. Some kind of product where women could pee standing up with the, like some kind of funnel system or something. They could incorporate wow. into their that's very interesting. gear down there and they could stay yeah, pee standing up. It's just wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know. Like, um, that's but see, people- that was created. At, for the answer to like, oh, women don't want to sit on dirty toilet seats. And it's like, well, yeah, didn't, don't they have those? Can't you carry around like, um, some napkins or something or some paper towels in your uh, purse and let, set them down the toilet so you don't have to sit directly on the toilet? I mean, that would be make more sense, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's just disintegrating every, every boundary and every line out there. I think, you know, I think that's the, I think that's the point is what I'm trying to get at.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, it makes me think of the um, – there's a clip of a woman – oh, gosh, I wish I could remember what this was about. But it's, it's been spread around on YouTube quite um, liberally. A woman's talking about children and saying that the children belong to the community. So that's another thing they're trying to blur is that you don't have a child. The child belongs to Everybody. I think it had something to do with um I wanna say Sandy Hook because it's a child but sorry I don't remember what that's from but it's just I mean it's nonsense she's she's saying that's not your child it belongs to everybody you know that's a, that's just another example of of them blurring these lines
4: yeah I know what you're talking about it was some kind of uh all, it was some it was some some woman and she was uh it, part of some advocacy group or something like that. And she's yeah, uh, talking about, yeah, how, how, yeah, parent, children don't belong to parents. They belong to the, uh, the community like this, ad, which is an abstraction. Like, what do you mean community? Like, what do you mean like community? Or it's, it's like the state. It's like a total abstraction. It, it could, right. it's an, it's an abstraction. It's not real. It's a fictional, it's a fictional construct. So that it's it, so by its nature, it has no real solid definition, so it's almost like you're not really saying nothing when you're saying it. But at the same time, it's just this kind of vague, nebulous concept.
2: Right. But
4: um, yeah. So, but you know, basically, what they're saying is, yeah, the you know, turn your child over to the state, and then, but but essentially, that what it amounts to is, uh, yeah. So they can be conditioned and brainwashed, and yeah. Uh, you know, shot up with uh, various chemical concoctions in the form of vaccines and everything else, and then you're doing your civil duty there.
3: Yep. Just doing some research on Zika before we spoke. And, boy, that's... (laughs) It's just crazy what they're rolling out all the time. It's one thing after another. It's just And what, you know, I see Bill Gates talking about vaccines and depopulation. And I just think to myself, how do you go from working in your garage, basically creating the internet, and then you become this eugenicist? Like, how does that even happen? Is it because you get tons of money and all these other, you know, central bankers and Rothschilds and Rockefellers come scurrying in to, you know, basically make you one of their own? why does everybody who has billions of dollars always do something terrible with their money and their power? Why why aren't they doing something fantastic and wonderful, you know?
4: Yeah, I'm not saying that that this would in in any way have anything to do with Bill Gates uh, being where he is today. But, yeah, his his mother was, um, I think, pretty prominent within the IBM Corporation. Yeah. And she was well-connected there but of course that wouldn't have anything to do with him being uh you know head of microsoft would it i mean that's that, that's that's <laughs> that would be ridiculous you know no. but yeah so then and then I, I think his dad was um involved with planned parenthood and uh somehow or another i, I forget the particulars of that but uh yeah yeah his, his, you know so he's got a kind of connection to eugenics in his family and through his father and, uh, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it's purely coincidence, obviously it wouldn't have anything to do with him being so, (laughs) so, uh, such a big cheerleader for vaccines, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well yeah, we brought up some interesting stuff about the Orlando thing and I know you've been looking into it quite a bit. You got like you got several videos about it. Um like yeah. what uh yeah, you called up the hospital and you were asking them questions about the uh doctor that was in the hospital and like, how long did he, how long was he wearing the same pair of like blood Saint shoes? I forget. It was like for several weeks or something like that.
3: Joshua Corsa. And this is not just in one news article. This is in several mainstream media um, newspapers and internet stories. Uh, Dr. Joshua Corsa, one of the doctors who helped, all of the shooting victims that night is, was still wearing his bloody shoes six weeks after the event um, at the hospital, determined to not take them off until the last victim left the hospital. You know, this is, again, one of those stories that keeps the lie alive. But when you actually look into it, which is what I was doing, I, I wasn't even, you know, I, I actually have a whole series. Of, I think I have about five or six phone calls in that series on my YouTube channel calling the hospital to find out what the dress code policy was. I could not find it online anywhere. Um, so, you know, it was really interesting. And when you start looking into this, they, they just basically start to confirm their fraud for you, for everybody. Because the first one I spoke to, I explained the situation. I said, I can't imagine that a doctor would be allowed to wear these filthy, bloody shoes in a hospital setting. They're, it's it's a infectious um issue, you know, you, you can't do that. It's not even, it, it just seems impossible that they would allow it. And she said, yeah, you're. I agree with you, you know, and so she said, call back, I'll look into it, I call her back, she connects me to someone else, and guess who she connects me to? The media, the director of media relations, who basically <laughs> reads off this script to me. Literally, she's reading, you can tell. Um, and I actually have confirmed that she's reading, because somebody emailed her and she emailed back the exact same thing word for word. Um, accusing us, you know, basically she was accusing me of being a very insensitive person person and saying that this pulse shooting was a fraud, which re-victimizes all the victims who are dealing with their loss and all this nonsense. And then she hung up on me. So I pursued it and I kept calling, trying to find out. And then they were blocking my calls. So that tells you a lot also, you know. Uh, so I got through by calling a different hospital and that's connected to them They connected me to to the Orlando Regional Medical Center, and I was talking to somebody who I didn't even realize was at the hospital I'd been trying to call in the first place. They didn't tell me. They were connecting me back to that hospital. And she finally confirmed that, yes, it's it's an infectious issue. A doctor would not be allowed to wear bloody shoes in the hospital. So, you know, there you have it. It took five or six phone calls to get them to say that. So you have mainstream media pulling off all these fake stories that basically can get the hospital into big trouble. You know, I mean, you could report this to the health department, you could somebody could sue them for this, and then they'd have to prove that he's even there, you know. I mean, it's just <laughs> and Joshua Corsa, by the way, worked under Michael Cheatham, who was the main doctor at, at the Orlando Regional Medical Center who was overseeing, you know, everything having to do with the pulse victims. So, yeah, there was another YouTube channel I listened to today. He called the nurse who was part of the surgery on, I think it was Angel Cologne. And they kept transferring him to a different, like, information tree phone system, you know, one after another, like he could never get to that actual nurse. It just, that's what they do. They just, they have to cover up when that's what they're doing. And I think a lot of people need to do this. They need to be making these phone calls and put these people on the hot seat. They can't, they can't get away with this. This is a hospital that's involved in this massive fraud. You know, I could count on one hand some of the top institutions on the planet that we should know that we can trust, and that would be one of them, a hospital, Right where you go to be taken care of, where you know you can trust them. I mean, you're trusting people with your life, and here they are lying like to, to the world. This isn't just an American thing. This is to the entire planet. They're lying, and they're involved in this fraud, and they're asking for money for it. They're taking your money. They're robbing you. The hospital is robbing us. That's what's really going on right here, and it really aggravates me to no end which is why i pursue the pulse nightclub thing because it's it's just unbelievable i'd be doing the same with, with sandy hook but they end up throwing people in jail i really don't want to go there <laughs> yeah 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 wasn't the
4: uh i i saw i saw a youtube video where they were talking about that orlando medical center where it was it was potentially slated to be shut down because of lack of funding or something like that. But was-
3: well they were in big trouble. Yeah. There was a um, uh, YouTube channel that did a really good, I think, I think her YouTube channel is called American citizen. I want to say, I hope I'm getting that right. She did a long video looking into all of their financial woes and, you know, they're, they're a perfect hospital to, to to want to pull this off and be involved because they need the money desperately. And that's what they did. Yeah, there's
4: that, there's that aspect of it where there's like this, this money that comes in, comes into all of this where, you know, I think there was some people looking into Sandy Hook and they were, um, pointing out that, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of houses in, uh, in in newton there that were uh, or newtown or however you say it, it that was uh sold for a dollar it's just in, interesting yeah. stuff going on with real estate and area and stuff like that like uh it, you know it, it,
3: it, yeah.
4: it you know kind of indicating there may be some kind of payoff happening there and then there was uh the re the rebuilt Sandy Hook School that was like fifty million dollars or something outrageous like that. Or they <laughs> yeah. got a brand new like fifteen million dollar school, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, then they got some kind of federal funding and all kinds of money flowed into that area after that. You know,
3: yeah, yeah. I to go back to what you said earlier, we we're talking about GoFundMe accounts. I think that's part of how they get paid is these GoFundMe accounts. You know, the government can have all kinds of anonymous people, you know, and it can all be done by computer over a period of time, putting giving money to them. That's how they get paid. Plus of course, you know, regular citizens can send money in too, which is which is where the fraud really really occurs because you're being you're being tricked out of your money.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's like a it's, um, a way to pay these actors off, I, I would think. And, uh, so they can get more money than they've ever seen in their whole entire life. And then, you know, like you know, we were talking about before, maybe they pick, they select people that are in financial, you know, straits. And then they, it's, like, oh, here's an opportunity to earn more money than you ever see in your life. And then, uh, cause the question will come up like, well, how come how come they don't speak out and tell the truth? It's like, well, what would motivate them to do that? You know, they're getting paid to to promulgate the lie and then at the same time, you know, it's it's the noble lie because, you know, we need to get to this, you know, socialist utopia where, you know, we don't have any bad stuff that will hurt people like guns, you know. Got to get rid of those and this helps do that and then you know, you're, you're, you're participating in this fraud, and this lie, but it's, it's to save, you know, children's lives ostensibly and, uh, you're getting paid to do it. And then, um, it, you know, you, you look at these drills and then they have the, you know, the calls for crisis actors to participate. And then you sign a non-disclosure agreement so that, you know, if you, if you're to discuss anything that goes on, you can get uh, some pretty substantial penalty on you, and
1: right. yeah,
4: so I, I could see a, a, a really good reason not to speak out, but I don't, I don't see any reason at all to speak out because, um, yeah, what what could happen then is you know yep. the, the media will assassinate your character, you know, whatever character they you have if you're participating in that thing. I, I wouldn't know, but you know, somebody assassin- was doing you- that, yeah. <laughs> or assassinate them, you know, you take them out, or they die in a, you know, their their new swimming pool, they're found floating in it, you know, the next morning, like, face down.
3: Even though it hasn't been filled up yet. Yeah, that's about uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suicide by gunshot to the back of the head twice, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, really quickly, uh, it's um, Concerned American is the YouTube channel, where she did a really extensive breakdown on the financial woes of the hospital. But um, what you're talking about now is that's really the biggest block people have who are asleep. They can't imagine that all these people are involved in this hoax, you know. Like the, the ORMC, where they had that big conference and the room's full of doctors and full of people. And I mean, it's packed room. How difficult is that if you're a sheep, you know, if you're sound asleep in the world, to look at that and think, oh, God, all these people are in on this fraud. You know, but the truth is a lot of them don't know, perhaps, you know, there, there is some compartmentalization going on where um, people at the top of the food chain, they know what's going on. And then everybody underneath them are just told the lies and they, and then they push the same story. Which is a lie, but they think it's the truth. So, like, what is the Manhattan Project? You know, none of those people knew they were making a atomic bomb. You know, that was a hundred thousand people.
4: Yeah, same thing with the moon, uh, the supposed Apollo missions. It was like, well, you know, how, co- how come after all these years, someone hasn't come forward and exposed it? It's like, well, I don't know. You would have. A lot of people, you know, working for NASA or working on the rockets and stuff like that. But then you have to ask yourself, too, is like, why would they have to know that the whole thing was a scam? Why couldn't they be uh, fooled just like everybody else? Even, you know, you may be an engineer or something, but that doesn't make you any uh, given you any particular insight into anything of how this stuff goes off. So you can just be going to your job. You can be making the the gloves for the astronauts or whatever your particular role in the whole thing is. And be none the wiser. You don't know anything that's going on either. Like why would they have to know? It's
3: all all real until that rocket's out of sight. Everything else is real beneath that. The people building the rocket, the people testing them out. Yeah, they go up into the sky. There it goes. Everything else after that is just fabricated. So all these people really think it happened and that we landed on the moon. So they don't know. They're also being
4: tricked. But yeah, I do know I think that's yeah. how this stuff works. I yeah, think there even be People that are pretty close to this, uh, like Orlando thing or something and still not know really what's going on. I mean, yeah, so, sure. uh, you know, you have the so-called event take place and then you got it kind of within a confined area. And then like immediately everything is put on lockdown by the so-called authorities And then from that point on, it's like uh, when I called the uh, police department they said, well, we don't have anything to do with that. That's the FBI that's in charge of all that. You got to ask the FBI. And of course I called the FBI and they can't tell me anything, but it's like, um, you know, I, after Sandy Hook happened, I called a, a business that was like, right. Literally around the corner from where you go in to go to the school there. And, and I asked them, well, you know, what do you know? And, the guy was basically, I don't know anything other than what I'm seeing on TV. It's like, well, yeah, there you go. I mean, somebody like literally right there right. could probably walk out his front door, could walk up the road a little ways and be right there on the scene. And he doesn't know any more about it than I do being in, being, you know, halfway across the country right. away from the situation. And it's like, well, yeah, so yeah, you got this compartmentalized, uh, a uh, situation where you got any, anything that goes down is like the, immediately the feds come in and just take c- total control of the area. And then the, the, they, you know, feed stuff out to the, to the press, the press just, you know, regurgitates and spews out everything that's fed to them. Yep. So they wouldn't necessarily have to be totally in on anything either, which, which I believe at the upper levels, they certainly are, but oh, not, absolutely. not, for the most part. I think most, a lot of the media is not even uh, privy to a lot of this stuff, you know, but uh, it, you know, it, it goes down just like anything. They'll report on it just like anything else. It's like, if they're told something happened, they, you know, they parrot it and they put it out because where right. else are they going to get the information? They can't go do any kind of investigation on their own. You
2: know, So
3: it's true with like low profile you know, local newscasters reporting the news. But, like, the main, like, you know, when you look at Anderson Cooper, Meg and Kelly, they know what the hell's going on. They can't not know. They're too big. They're too involved, especially Anderson Cooper, you know. But, yeah, like, you know, just your local news and they're telling you about the Sandy Hook shooting. Well, they don't know either. They're oblivious. They're just reading their scripts. Well, that's what they do. I'd like to see them, you know, local news try to go in and, and, and do some uh, reporting on a big, major fraud event and see how see how far they get. <laughs> they won't get very far at all. They'll be turned away because CNN's there. CNN's on the scene. They always get the breaking story. I love it how all the victims, um, loved ones, always call CNN. Like CNN is like so easy to call. I tried to call CNN once. I did a, one of my phone call videos and I couldn't get anybody. I got, you know, some... Some i don't know who she was a secretary or something you can't get through to anybody unless you're someone you know so yeah, all, these it's of, all these stories of c n n saying we were contacted by the mother of the victim of the it's like no, you didn't she can't just pick up a phone and call c n n
4: yeah, I did run across uh what was this I found um somebody had the number to get into the internal phone network of Fox news.
3: Oh, I want that number. (laughs) And,
4: uh, yeah, I could, I could provide you with that. I, 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 I did a, I did a call to just random people at Fox news is it you get, you get the first, um, you know, several digits. And then the last two is, you know, just put in random and then you start getting into the, uh, you know, the individual desk at Fox news and,
3: that's cool.
4: And I called up—I don't know about a dozen people, different people, just you know, doing the random dialing. And I, and well, I have I have that on the wall of calls at hoaxpuzzlerscall com. Um, but yeah, a couple of people picked up the phone. Uh, what was the guy that uh, he, he's um, he's pretty well known? He does he, he's on some different shows on Fox, like the the. Uh, what do they call them? The, the, uh, the talent, the people up front, um, oh, co- Alan Combs picked up the phone. You know, you know who he is. He, he, he answered the phone. Right? I just basically asked him, you know, about, uh, about the, uh, the, the, the people that were in the, in these events coming, coming out. And then, you know, they're, they're, you know, they, they look just like they're acting. And then they also happen to be actors. And then. Right. And then I was asking him about, you know, how, you know, the, the, the media doesn't, uh, oh, well, there are no laws. And then that's, that's another thing I wanted to go into is the fact that, you know, when we can bring this stuff up about the, the media, you know, per- perpetrating these frauds on people, but then, uh, I, I've looked into this, uh, about, okay, what, what are the laws that regulate the government? I mean, the media putting out fake hoax news. And it's like, well, there really is no obligation for the news media to tell anybody the truth that's been ruled in Supreme court cases. Um, there's, there's a Supreme court case that came out, uh, and then that had, that had to do with Fox news, um, about, uh, yeah, they ruled that, uh, there was a couple of journalists that were trying to get some information out about, uh, horse, uh, growth hormone and milk. And then they, they they had a, they had a package put together to pre- present on the news. And then they got fired over it because they were kind of, uh, insistent on putting this out. And their and the boss and the, and the boss said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then, so they, they took them to, they took their boss to court. They tried to sue. And then the, the judge ruled that says, no, I mean, the, you know, the media has no obligation to tell the public the truth. And then, you know, you should have just shut up and did your job and then, you know, uh, put a, put a damper on the story and not put it out just like you were told to do. That's what you're supposed to do. This is basically what they told the reporters. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's no, in other words, there's no legal, uh, requirement for the media to, you know, tell anybody the truth about anything, which is pretty interesting. And then, so, yeah. you know, I asked the, uh, I, I was just asking the different people there, you know, like, OK, here's here's what it appears to me because, you know, I don't, I don't have absolute proof. But it's like, OK, these people are actors and they're it sounds mm-hmm. like they're reading off script and they're like, you know, going they're advocating gun control the day after, you know, their daughter shot or different stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I'm 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 taking this what I'm seeing and then I'm putting this with the fact that. The, the news media has no obligation to tell the truth and then stuff like, you know, Fox news is, is, is listed under entertainment under the, the under the, uh, you know, the cat, the category of they, they put them in and, um, you oh, know, just like, what are their thoughts on that? And, uh, it yeah. was just interesting, the different kind of, well, of course you're not, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get any kind of real response, but, um, of kind so. of, kind of stunned silence, but, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> It was still I I just thought I'd do it just to kind of like uh just put it out there and kind of put um I think like you know, like well, like you're saying you're doing you're just kind of putting putting them on notice, like, hey, we're out here and we know what's going on.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: And yeah, we're not buying your bullshit and uh Absolutely
3: Yeah, I think it's important to do that. Yeah. They're, you know, that's what bothers me the most about this is that they just think they can just get away with all this, and just lie to everybody. You know, it just boils my mind, really.
4: So well, you know, they can get away with it because the uh, system is uh, accommodating of it. You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. i was just going to say they they're they're protected like Sandy Hook. You know, Wolfgang Hallbig is working his ass off. Um uncovering and picking this thing apart you know currently with Sandy Hook right now he's he's trying to get them to provide the documents where the children of Sandy Hook were signed off to go to that um wolf i mean that uh Super Bowl in New Orleans the year after Sandy Hook um there has to be paperwork if, if children are to be released from a school to go on a field trip like that, there has to be documentation on it. They can't just go, you know. They'd be liable for all kinds of things if something happened. And they have nothing. They can't provide anything, so they just keep delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And, you you know, everybody has all this hope, like, oh, he's going to expose this and it's going to come out. And I want to believe that. I want to cling to that idea and that hope. But the government can't let this thing out. They, They can't. If it came out, but, I mean, all you have to do is debunk one of these frauds, these shootings, and all of them come into question now. So, you know, it's really important for them to protect the lie. So I just wonder how far can he get, you know, before they do something else. I mean, I'm kind of worried about him personally. But it's it goes for all these. Even Orlando, you know, the they're protected. The government will protect them that's where it's coming down from. This is these government psyops. And it's not just America. It's France and Germany. And it's everywhere. Everybody's doing this.
2: Well,
4: yeah, there is a... uh, I mean, we look at who benefits from all this terror and all this scaremongering and everything. And, yeah, it's the uh, media. Of course, they have the 24 uh, hour news cycle and they got to fill it up with their stories so that they can keep people tuned in and then they could, uh, you know, sell products to you or whatever they need to do to keep afloat as far as a business model. You know, they have uh they're, they would be the beneficiary of, you know, these fake hoax events and then being present presenting them as real. And so that's, that's one one thing to look at in regards to this and then there's the uh the whole the, the whole you know military industrial complex so to speak that benefits from it of course you know and all the alphabet agencies the dhs and all that these newly created uh, agencies and you know from since 9-11 you know they all they all benefit from this and the fbi of course you know it 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 it, it uh legitimizes all all of that makes it Makes it more um, seem seem like they're more uh, uh, relevant than they actually are. You know, like oh, we got up this
2: big terror threat, right. yeah. and certainly,
4: you know, we need yeah, and all them, yeah.
3: They're not. They're obviously just entertaining people. It's all this drama, 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 and then sports, and then you know, just I can't even watch them really. But they don't talk about anything serious, nothing deep. And they're all, you know, all mainstream media are owned by, I just pulled it up on my computer because I can never remember them, General Electric, News Corp, Disney, Viacom, Time Warner, and CBS. And that's all major news stations, newspapers, magazines. So it's all a control system. It's all brainwashing, basically. I think a lot of people are waking up to that. I always, I think it's, you know, people always want to know how to wake people up about, you know, these shootings and things that aren't really happening. I think the first thing people need to try to wake people up with is that mainstream media is what you just said. It's entertainment. Um, They have won the right to lie in a court of law and they're, They're just not to be trusted. And there's so much proof and so much evidence you can show people on video of them being caught in their lies. So once people realize, okay, I can't trust mainstream media, then it makes it easier for people to believe these huge stories on every news channel about a shooting event that's not that they're being told is not real. Once they understand that mainstream media lies and they've been caught in their lies and they see it with their own eyes – then it's easier for them to believe, oh, yeah, okay, maybe maybe this is another one of their big lies, you know? And it helps them look into it. It allows them to open their mind to the fact that these shooting frauds are taking place. And bombing frauds with Boston bombing. So that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my steal on mainstream media.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that... They have, um, they have an, they have an agenda, and that's to, uh, to, to, to do what they do, and that's to, um, you know, put, put out stuff to, you know, keep people. And I think mainly, you know, the objective too is to lend legitimacy and and credibility to the whole, um, you know, this this concept of the state and then, you know, they could, they could just go forward with expanding, you know, increase the, uh, amount of resources and stuff that they, uh, soak up through Mm -hmm. trying to maintain this, all this bureaucracy and all this other nonsense. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
4: uh, you know, once you understand that, okay, once, once that's all, Set up and it's in place, it has to, it has to, you know, do something to um, justify its own existence, you know? It's like, well, that, that, I think that ha- that's a big factor in all this, you know? I think that's, it's important to understand that because, you know, I think people want, once people come to that realization and see like, you know, well, yeah, it does, doesn't make sense that they would have this big incentive to, uh, you know, perpetuate this, this, this concept, you know, like there's, there's, mm-hmm. and there's always been something, you know, like previous to all this stuff we're talking about now with the, with the Islamic terrorism and all that, you know, prior to that was of course the cold war mm-hmm. and the Russians were going to get us. So, you know, I don't, I, I could, I can remember that. I'm old enough to remember that, you know, as, uh, something that we're all supposed to be concerned about. Because, um, well, another thing, too, they could they could fire nukes at us, and then, you know, it'll be doomsday, and we'll all be breathing radioactive dust, and the, the, the sun will be blotted out, and we'll all be screwed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just going to be a matter of time before the Russians get around to doing that. They're just, you know, they're just biting at the bit to kill us all, to get that kicked off. They're the evil empire. We all yeah. need to be very afraid. And that went on for decades, you know.
3: uh, Absolutely. And they're still doing it. They're still demonizing Putin. And none of these people are angels, mind you, but Putin says a lot of things that seems like he, you know, really knows what's going on. And he alludes to a lot of things. And he seems to want, he seems to wish that America, from, from, you know, the minimal things I've watched on him, he seems to... Um, wish Americans were awake to what was really going on. But who knows how much of that is just propaganda? You know, you can't trust any of these people. Well, no, I don't
4: think we can, we can trust any. I mean, we have uh, now, well, after the fact. Well, I mean, you know, didn't they say the the Gulf of Tonkin? incident never happened. It was all a fake, yeah. contrived event. Uh, that was the uh, impetus to get us into the Vietnam War. Right. That was all, that was all, you know, we had to get into the Vietnam War because they torpedoed, you know, American ship and American personnel were killed and it never happened. But still, right. and, and they, you know, that's it's been officially admitted, you know, to exactly. now yeah. in the modern day. But then, you know, I mean, but, but are, are people under the impression that that, that would never happen again or what, what is the deal? I mean,
2: I know
3: exactly, it, it,
4: but well, yeah, see, I mean, that's, but that's, that's good evidence that, uh, that lends credibility to the idea that, you know, you know, we could see in, in these events where, you know, it's like, well, they have, there's an agenda that needs to go forward. And then we see, um, this, this individual, this, this uh, Barack Obama character that's being being elected president in 2008. And then he's, he's presented as being, you know, the, the, the sort of anti gun uh, stance that he's representing. And then he has this Turner general. That's oh, oh, very vocal about, you know, he, he's even made statements. And it's in one of my videos about, uh, uh, about this sort of thing. It's, it's on my yeah. YouTube channel. it's talking, talking about how we need to brainwash people to think differently about guns. And then, Older, like, yeah. you know, yeah, lo and behold. So we've had almost 200 mass shootings, almost 200 since Obama's taken office. And uh, and so the number of mass shootings like far way. I mean, it's 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 absurd in, in the how many mass shootings we've had. Uh, you know, you want to take it and compare it to every previous president. It's probably more than every previous presidential administration combined. You know, these mass shooting events have taken, you know, more of them have taken place under Obama than in any previous administration by a, by a really wide margin. I mean, like uh I think under, under George Bush was the previous president. I, I think uh, it's even a fraction of what it, it, that took place under his administration. But, uh, you know, they just all happened to occur under under this you know alleged anti gun president um
1: right. but uh <laughs>
4: what a coincidence. yeah yeah, what a coincidence and then <laughs> yeah and then uh there that- was the, the sandy Hook thing just took place within weeks of some uh thing that was gonna be uh something anti gun Program or something that was Obama was going to be participating in uh, in the weeks leading up to Sandy Hook. It just so mm-hmm. happened there was some United Nations thing and it just so happened to kind of coincide with all that. And it's just, yeah, how this stuff just kind of just, oh, it just favors all, it just, you know, you, you got this, you got this agenda that's out there and it's like they don't really go to great lengths to hide it. And I mean, it's kind of out there and it's kind of known. It's like, okay, this is going to, we're making moves now to, Mm -hmm. to get more restrictions on guns. And then like all of a sudden all these shootings start happening. And it's like, yeah, what are the odds? But, uh,
3: yeah. When you take everything into context together, you can, the picture is very clear. And Eric Holder was even at Sandy hook. I think it was two weeks before the shooting occurred. And he was there talking to governor Daniel Malloy about, about gun issues. And then two weeks later, Sandy Hook happens, and what does Daniel Malloy say on camera? Anybody can watch it. That we were warned that something like this could happen here, and then he denies ever saying it, which is also on camera. I mean, these people are just blatant liars. Yeah, they're like
4: uh, they have like a crystal ball to see into the future too, which is pretty amazing.
3: Yep, they don't know exactly what's going on.
4: Yeah, they know what's going to happen. They can predict it. They know something, know something big is, is coming. And, uh, but they can't stop it, but then they can be there after the fact to have the solution at the ready. Oh, we just happened to have a bill that we we're trying to get passed that's, that has to deal with this very same exact thing that we're, that that that, that's, that, all, that happened to be all these, uh, different uh, issues that just happened to be represented in this particular event, like mental health and, right. and and all this other stuff. That and then the easy accessibility of guns, of course, and then the and then the type of gun was used. Was, just happens to be the type of gun that we've been trying to get restrictions on, and just on and on. Just very very need to get uh, a gun. On
3: the internet, if you haven't heard, it's just so simple. That's what they want people to believe. They, Obama even said that on camera with no you can get a gun online with no background check that's what he says and you know you know tv shows they want they're also being used to brainwash people i was watching house of cards on netflix and there's a there's a scene where they say that exact same thing where she's saying the president's wife in the in the series she's saying that you know she's she's going on her gun control rant and she said the exact same thing that you can get firearms on the internet with no background check. It's it's a blatant lie, but they don't they just don't care. They you know they just think everybody's so stupid. And, and most people, I guess, in the, in America are really dumbed down, and they just they really think you can go on the internet and just buy a gun, and it's just going to come in the mail to your door with no background check whatsoever.
4: Well, th- I don't know what exactly what they're talking about. I know that's not true. They can't, you can't, um, order yeah. uh, a gun from a, you, there are, um, line classifieds that are where, where individuals can sell their firearms and then you could go online and you can, you can buy a gun from an <laughs> individual. But then that, that raises the question like, well, okay, so, uh, what, what are we going to do at this point? Make it so that people can't sell their own personal property on, on, on the internet. I mean, that would, that's, that's absurd, yeah. you know? So when you, and when then they talk about these like loopholes. It's like, well, how are they loopholes? They're just, they're just, these these are just private transactions between individuals that uh, they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. This gun show loopholes. So you, you can show up at a gun show and you could bring your pistol, rifle, or whatever. And you could. You, what's stopping you from selling it to somebody? You know, well, that happens all the time. People, people sell their own personal property to other individuals. So, so right. yeah, what do they want to take that off the internet where people can't do that on the internet? But how are they going to stop that from happening in some other venue? Well, you can't. That's that's the thing. You, you, there's yeah. no. Practical way to even approach that, so it's like to bring that up is like is just ridiculous, really.
3: Yeah, I, what I meant when I said buy it on the internet, I meant like from a from an actual gun manufacturer online. Oh yeah, I yeah,
4: yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, dealer, and you have to go through the no, same. No, can't do that. No.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if, if I knew my neighbor had a gun and I knew he was selling it, I could just buy it from him, and who's gonna know? Nobody's gonna know. You can't. There's no way they can control that. From ever, they can't stop that from happening. There's no way they can do that. So they make laws that punish people when they find out that it's happened. That's what they do.
4: Yeah, because then, you know, if they're going to, the thing about it is, if they're going to stop you from putting a listing on the internet, then that which is a perfectly legal activity, you know, to, if you have a gun, you could sell it to an individual. There's like nothing, there's no law saying that you can't, uh, you know, and then you, if if they're going to stop that from taking place on the internet, then it's like that, that's kind of like, uh, what is it? What else would that open the door to as far as what you couldn't do? You know, it's just, it's right. Yeah. It's just absurd. I don't, uh, I I don't know why that even enters into the discussion of any of this. It's not even relevant, you know, it's like, like the idea that you would be able to, to prevent those private transactions, you know, but, uh, that's why they just,
3: just make up laws that, that, you know, are used basically to intimidate you. You'll go to prison for 50 years. If we find out you sold a gun without reporting it, you know, that's the only way they can even try to preemptively, um, take care of that problem. But, you know, there's still going to be people, 310 million Americans. And like, what is it? Practically every one of them has a gun. I mean, not literally, but there's a lot of guns in America <laughs> and, oh, yeah. they can't monitor that. There's no way. There's absolutely- No,
4: no, I think what, what this is about, like I was saying earlier, is like the, you know, the, the, younger generations coming up is mm-hmm. to shape and mold their minds and i'm sure that they're getting this propaganda from every conceivable angle they're getting it through school they're getting it in cartoons they're getting it in the media they're getting it through their parents they're getting it and and it's just a just a relentless well like eric holder said you know you got we got to do something every day every day to change people's minds about guns you know and that's exactly what they're doing you know it's just that it's just this relentless full frontal assault and it's and it's and it's basically to reshape this this new generation's mind and attitude towards the idea and that's you know and then and we're, we're we're thinking and kind of uh short term thinking. And then I, I think these plans are more long term than that. I think that's oh, this is gonna yeah, this is a long, kind of extended campaign that's gonna, you know, yeah. keep keep going on for, you know, decades to come. I don't think there's any end in sight to this 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 anti gun shrill rhetoric that's out there, constant drumbeat of it. And I think that's what it's designed to do. It's like to shape the minds of the the up and coming generations, like, you know, like these, yeah, these people out there that are already, you know, gun advocates and they own firearms and all that stuff. They, they, I don't think they really care about them. You know, I I don't, I really don't. Cause you know, they'll, you know, they're just, you know, they'll be phased out when they die off. And then, you know, these, this new attitude is being formed toward the idea of gun ownership. And then it's going to be, um, Regulated some kind of relic of the past and curiosity of the of the past. Oh yeah, people! could you believe that people actually own like things as yeah. dangerous as guns? You know,
3: there'll be a gun museum with pictures of people with guns in their hand. Look at those people with they actually had a gun in their hand.
4: Yeah. So, could you imagine how dangerous that would have been to hold? Actually, have a gun in your hand. I mean,
3: guns just run around shooting people all by themselves. Guns are so dangerous. It's not the people; it's the gun.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's the gun. It's like yeah, and then the way that they're the way that these propagandists talk about it, you would think that they're talking about some kind of sentient being. You know, when they're talking about guns, you know, like they have some kind of uh, independent will to go out and you know just just take lives, especially children. They just guns guns want to. You get a child or a toddler around a gun, and the gun just wants to blow the child's head off just by being <laughs> in the proximity of a child, you know, it's what they want
3: you to think. Oh, you know? get away. <laughs> God. <laughs> and they, you know, the brainwashing is also in their, in how they like word their, their articles. You know, if there's, if there's a guy who kills somebody with a gun, he's, he's, he's known as the gunman. It's always gunman. You know, it's not, it's not the, the potential suspect or, or just suspect, you know, they used to say that all the Now it's gunmen, gunmen. Guns are bad. It's that Eric Holder brainwashing every day thing, every moment. Ugh, wow. You know, just a little while ago, you were talking about the Cold War. People don't realize that the United States is the only country that has dropped atomic bombs on other countries. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We've wiped out 40,000 people in one place and, well, how many, how much was it on the other one? I don't remember. But I mean, tens of thousands of civilians we, we did, America. We're always talking about all these other countries who have missiles. Oh no, we got to control that. We're the only country that has actually dropped bombs like that on civilians. And people need to realize that.
4: Yeah, I've kind of looked into the, nuclear bomb thing pretty extensively. Um, I, I've come to the conclusion that, uh, that, that is a, uh, as well. I don't, Your I don't. Your
3: bombs aren't real. Is that what you're saying?
4: Well, yeah. Base. Well, see, and then what I base this on, cause I mean, you can just throw something like that out and it sounds ridiculous, but what I base it on is that, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, And then they'll tell you this too. It's like, well, all that footage came out of Lookout Mountain, which is a, which is a full production studio. So from conception to the finished product, it can all be done in house. And that was in right in the proximity of Hollywood. And they actually employed Hollywood people, Hollywood special effects people, you know, to work on all that footage, creating all that footage. Um, now they'll tell you that they went on site. And they, for some reason, they needed Hollywood specialists to, to operate the cameras <laughs> to to film the bombs. Is what they'll tell you the reason why they did that? Because I guess they can't. They, I, I don't know what the logic behind that is, but they couldn't. They couldn't train you know somebody else to use a camera to film a an explosion. But for some reason, they need Hollywood people to do it. Um, hmm. I think the reason why they need Hollywood people to do it is because. Uh, that that's what hollywood is is good at and you know you, you ain't gonna hire those high priced specialized people that um they're they're the reason why they command the prices that they do or the salaries that they do is because their 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 particular artistry is to create illusions and to you know create fictions you know on on film yeah. Yeah. and to make them convincing and that's what they're paid to do and i mean it'd be absurd to hire them for any other purpose than that you know to operate oh because they know how to run cameras like who can't be trained to run a camera when you think about it, it's like but yeah. then you you could you could take stone exist and um yeah if you look at that piece of footage and then it's got i, I i'm i'm highlighting this one you know explosion that is uh as far as I'm concerned is impossible because it's what it's showing you is like part of the explosion stays static. And the rest of the explosion is in continual motion throughout the footage. And it's like, that is just not possible. Now that could be, um, certainly some kind of compositing or something like that, that you would see in a fake footage. But like, if it's, if it's real footage that that's, it's showing you something that's impossible. And that's, and that's what I'm kind of honing in on. it's like, well, you know, if if the footage is showing me something impossible, I have to reject it. I can't accept it. And then, you know, if it if it's you know one explosion is clearly fraudulent, then I have to call the whole thing into and, and question myself. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, do I have do I have absolute proof, Robin, that nukes don't exist? It's like no, I can't prove a negative for one thing. And it's like I, you know, do the do they exist in some like some people have suggested that there's got all the all these special conditions got to be met for a nuke to be detonated it's like i don't know i don't know but it's like the the evidence that the government i mean we keep in mind too that the the air force which is which is the hosted lookout mountain there they they, they own an operator lookout mountain and then you know we take into consideration that okay this is the government this is the air force and then, and then they're uh I think that they're probably one of the most uh, uh, as far as as far as a group or organization, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, consummate liars. I mean, for one thing, I mean, that's kind of their the forte is, you know, to to spread disinformation and lies uh, is, you know, that's something they're very adept at, very skilled at. I take that into consideration too. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, like, it, you know, because yeah. and then, like, I get that question a lot. It's like, well, what about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? And it's like, well, um, I wasn't there for one thing, so I, I, I can't tell anybody anything firsthand what happened. Of yeah. course, you know, you got, you got this big bomb that goes off and, and supposedly all these witnesses to it. But it's like, okay, you know, if you think it through, it's like, what do you need to see in order to be convinced that, you know, something happened? Well, like a bright flash, maybe like some kind of cloud, a mushroom cloud or something, or, or, or maybe not. I don't know, but the whole, you know, c- city erupts in flames and, yeah. uh you know, the, they were um, some indications. And like I said, I don't know, I wasn't there, but that the, uh that the government, um, it, you know, made penalties for people you know contradicting the official story there's stuff out there about that um there there could have been people there on the scene that maybe saw a a conventional bombing campaign but then like once once the government tells them that it was an atomic bomb they're gonna believe it was an atomic bomb you know it's like that's how that's how people's minds work in this country you know they could have something that directly contradicts what they see with their own eyes and they're going to, they're mm-hmm. going to take the official stance, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's also studies out there that say that very thing, you know, where they've taken done experiments on people and where they've witnessed something directly with their own eyes. And then later on they're shown video evidence that contradicts their very own eyes. And then, you know, th- and it's presented to them, to, you know, some, so like a, you know, by these purported scientists in this study. And then it's like, well, here's what we have on video. And it's like, well, what happens? They go with what's on the video over what they just got through experiencing firsthand with their own eyes. You know, and it, contrad- and it contradicts what they just got through seeing with their own eyes and they go with what the video says. So, I mean, there's all that to consider. So, could they pull off something like that in Japan where Hiroshima. Uh, was actually firebombed, but then they just tell everybody it was the atomic bomb and uh, they can, they could uh, keep a lid on that. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that they could. I mean, I've heard too, that I've been told that, you know, there, there's a lot of people in Japan that don't believe the atomic bomb went off. I mean, I have, I have some newsreel footage that came out from that, that around that time where, there's an American soldier, and he's talking about that. You know, he's he's he he's relaying that uh, there's a, a lot of people that were, you know, talking about that, that the whole thing was like a propaganda campaign, and it, 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 he he didn't even know if it was for real. You know, so I mean, that's on my YouTube channel too. So,
3: well, I mean, gonna... yeah,
4: there's a lot of discrepancies there. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is the evidence doesn't really. Yeah, energy.
3: I'm gonna have to look at because yeah. I talk. I made. Mean, I don't. I think it was on my previous channel, or it might be on this channel now. I made a video about nuclear bombs, and um, not about the bombs in particular. Just about Obama being a hypocrite, and talking about you know trying to um, stop the prol- proliferation of these atomic bombs, and yet he's moving bombs to the German border or something like that. And in the comment section, a lot of people were saying they don't exist. Nuclear bombs don't exist. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It just throws me Um, for a lot, you know, which is understandable. I mean, I'm open-minded. I mean, I know how much our government lies to everybody, and I know how many things, you know, like the moon landing. That's humongous, and I don't believe that happened at all. So, you know, why can't they have faked a massive bomb? So they do, they would have done that to strike fear into people. Is that what do you, What do you think is the reason for saying that we dropped two atomic bombs in Japan? Is well, yeah, to mechanism.
4: Yeah, it's like this this super weapon where they can, uh, and then you know they show you like the bikini atoll thing, which is, that that's got a lot of problems with it. You know, it, supposedly it it, it's it, it it made the whole island radioactive, but, you know, it's supposed to be for like a thousand years or whatever to be highly radioactive. But then you can go pull up stories where like, you know, the, the reefs and everything are thriving, the wildlife is thriving. And so you have that. I mean, yeah. so what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is like, OK, what real evidence, you know, do we have that, you know, that, that, and then, you know, like, if some people have pointed out that, like, okay, here's this massive explosion that just got to taking place. And then, um, but yet here on, on the beach, you have these, like, little ramshackle huts that are still standing. It's like, okay, how are they still standing? And you know, you just had a, a freaking atomic bomb go off. It's like, right. that doesn't make sense. You would have, you would have a tsunami that would have wiped out everything on that island. Obviously you had that massive explosion. Like you watch the footage and it's, then the, the freaking cloud is, it just dwarfs those huge battleships. I mean, it's just it's preposterous right. looking if you really examine it. And it's like, um then you got things like where you have these massive explosions and they go up through the puffy clouds that are in the cloud layer and mm-hmm. they, and then, the and then you see the mushroom cloud, you know, uh, absorb these puffy clouds and then the mushroom cloud dissipates, and then it's like, hey, the puffy clouds are still there. They look exactly like they did pre explosion. So the shock wave doesn't disturb little puffy clouds. It's just, that doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. You know, there's several instances of that. You know, it's like, okay, you have this massive shock wave that can purportedly. Overturn like a a, uh, you know multi-ton like locomotive steam engine, send it skyward, you know, but then it it can't disrupt like little puffy white clouds. It's like that doesn't make sense. And then like you can look at you know the footage where okay you know, so they have like cameras positioned like inside a house, like that, that famous footage where the house is just like obliterated by the atomic glass, you know, where they put mannequins inside of it and all that. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. How does the camera not even, not even the camera doesn't even so much as shimmy or vibrate at all. It just stays rock solid throughout a lot of that footage. It's like, okay, the shockwave, does not even affect the camera at all. Yeah. So yeah, you look at like deep, volcanoes deep. exploding that are real footage of volcanoes. Yeah. And when the shockwave hits, it's like, okay, the camera shakes, every freaking thing shakes, and it's and it's tremendously loud and it's like, okay, yeah, you know that's for real. But yeah. uh, that's that's conspicuously absent from a lot of the nuke footage. It's uh and then and then another thing too, it's like and this is a big one. Like you'll run into some of this nuke footage where, like, okay, supposedly the cameras has got to be at a considerable distance away from the blast, but then you'll see the blast, and then immediately you hear the sound of the explosion. Like, okay, oh. sound takes um, is, is going to take a few seconds to reach the uh, microphone, or the you know, it's like oh, sound right. travels at a certain speed. Like, it's not going to be a immediate, but you have that too, like immediate explosion and immediate sound, which is like, that's not even possible, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I can go on, on, go on and on about the discrepancies. And, um, yeah. and, and I first got introduced to that by, uh, this guy, Jesse, why he put a video up called nuke lies and it's just his, his simple analysis is just simply pointing out those things. And then I, I got to watching that because like prior to that, I, I totally believed in nukes. And after I, Watch that and his he, he was just making this simple commentary that's all his video was he's showing new footage and he's just saying hey what about this hey what about this and i was like oh my god this is like i never thought of this before but it's like it's so obvious once you get into looking at it it's like that can't be real it just can't be you know You're just pointing out certain things it's like yeah that's undeniable it's just undeniable but see this footage is out there and then now we have the ability to you know scrutinize it you know you even take it and you can like look at it frame by frame you can open it up in uh, your your movie player and and slow it down and speed it up and look at it frame by frame and it's like Yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't stand up to scrutiny as far as I'm concerned I mean it just doesn't and then back to the okay where did this come from it came from Hollywood people it's like it was good. It's really good. It's it it, it stood the test of time to this day, but it's like it's like the Apollo footage. It's like, yeah, it's you don't go looking at it too close cuz then it starts to fall apart.
3: Wow. I'm going to watch that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think you should. You know, you should look into that's it cuz then it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> another big big scary thing
3: that we're all supposed to be scared of that's not even real. Uh, so basically what I'm what I'm thinking this is all about is that we all need to be fearful of other countries blowing us smithereens so that we will basically let our government do whatever it wants to protect us from that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that about it in a nutshell? I, I, yeah, I think that
4: that pretty much sums it up as far as why, you know it's like cuz you it, this is something too that regularly pops up in the news cycle it's like with north korea or with pakistan or with these other countries and it's like you know japan everybody else is like oh they're trying to get nukes or they're developing nukes or and then they're process purchasing nukes or some nukes 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 and then it's like yeah and then and that's exactly what it does it's like yeah oh well thank god we got the government to 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 be there to protect us from because you know if it if we didn't have this this strong overbearing central government then Mm -hmm. the next thing you know we'd you know we'd be looking at we kind of sitting down maybe drink some lemonade looking at the horizon and it's like for fuck's sake pakistan's nuking us here comes the missiles uh that's they've been yeah as soon as our government got weak what's the first thing pakistan wants to do oh they want to send missiles over here and just blow everything to smith and Like, why would they do that? And for one thing, the the whole concept is really ridiculous when you think it through. It's like, why would a country want to nuke America, you know? I mean, well, I I guess a a case could be made for maybe why they want to do it, you know, (laughs) retaliation for our warmongering or whatever. But, like, once you nuke everything, it's, like, contaminated and useless, right? You can't come in and make any use of the cities or the land because everything's decimated. But and, right. and for years to come, right, everything's radioactive. You know, you can't raise crops, you can't do nothing. So it's like no. you're just destroying things for the sake of destroying it. I mean, what would the point be? But, you know,
3: I would love to come to, you know, I mean, I, I would love that that's true, that there are no nukes because then there's we don't have that fear. I mean, because that is, that is a fear, I think, for everybody. You know, oh, they're going to fire their nukes. And as soon as one country fires a nuke, well, everybody else is going to fire their nukes, too. And that's the end of the planet.
2: <laughs>
3: right? I mean, everybody kind of worry well, not everybody, but most people worry about that.
2: Well,
4: well, another thing that you could take into consideration, too, is like, well, who originated the concept of the atomic bomb? And then you go back to, uh, this book. Um, I ordered a copy of it. I haven't got it yet, but it's by H.G. Wells, a science fiction writer. Uh, what's the name of this book? I have to look it up real quick, but yeah. So like he came up with the concept of, uh, you know, this super weapon that, that will send plumes of radioactivity. It's this massive weapon, the city destroying super weapon that sends up plumes of radioactive clouds that uh, cont- it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving it keeps on killing it floats around kills everybody within the you know 200 300 mile radius just it's yeah. you know, so the yeah, science fiction writer came up with all that and then it became uh, reality did it I don't it's like uh, yeah the the world set free by Herbert George Wells mm-hmm. but um yeah, that's where the origin. That's where the original concept of it
3: uh, came that, came about. Before that, there was no mention of this bomb, this super bomb.
4: Uh, no, I mean, not, not to my knowledge. That's where it. Yeah. That's where it. Uh, that's where it came from. H.G. Wells, the science fiction writer, that. Uh, yeah,
3: it's very interesting. interesting. I've got homework to do. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's something to look into. I mean, um, yeah, when you you know you take into consideration that that's the concept came from science fiction, and then the whole kind of idea of it's kind of silly. Um, oh yeah, one bomb, and then like, uh, yeah, there's there's people out there too. There's one guy I ran across recently that's uh, he's an engineer. He's mm-hmm. got uh, he's got a pretty from what I could tell, you know, his, his, his resumes, his background is in, you know, engineering and he's got, you know, degrees and that and all that, but you know, he's coming out, he's, he's had a, he's had a site out for some time and he's just pointing out that, yeah, nukes, the, the, the whole, the whole premise of it's really flawed and they wouldn't really work. And that's not the way. There's no, there's no other, cause it's supposed to work on, um, uh either f- I, I get them mixed up, but fusion or fission. He says like, f- well, I think it's fission. It's, a, it's, 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 it's atomic fission. That's supposed to, yeah. Uh, is, is the principle that the nukes operate off of. But he says, no, it's like you can't find any other examples of that anywhere else. So it's, how is it happening in nukes? Cause you can't, you can't demonstrate it other than theoretically in these n- nuclear explosions. Mm. And he's pointing that stuff out, but that's, that's really interesting. And he's got, um, what is his site? I got to find that, but yeah, I, well, you can go to hoaxbusters com and look back through some posts and, and, and there's an interview with that guy. Uh, um, but, um, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, There's that, uh, it's, it's some, he's, uh, some European guys trying to, his name is kind of hard to pronounce. I have to look it up. Uh, Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back into the post. Um, yeah, looking
3: there's a, there's Anders
4: not- Bjorkman. Anders Bjorkman. A professional technologist who doesn't believe in nukes. Does not believe in nukes. But yeah, that that's that hoaxbusterscall.com. Uh, mm-hmm. check that out. That's really interesting. Um Awesome. But yeah, I just read this snippet here that's on, on the blog. It says, The A-bombs were actually invented by science fiction writer H.G. Wells already 1913, nearly 30 years before the U.S. President Roosevelt stated that the top-secret Manhattan Project, uh Wells in the world set free, described cities around the world being devastated by what he called the quote-unquote atomic bombs. Wells mm-hmm. predicted not only the mushroom cloud we associate with A-bombs, but their lasting radiation as well. So he... H.G. Wells is describing like mushroom clouds and everything else. It's like, well, how did he know that that's what the atomic bomb would do? You know, like, oh, he knew that somehow, you know. And this is just keep in mind, he's a science fiction writer. Yeah. So so somehow (laughs) or another, he was able to predict atomic bombs even, you know, 30 years before the Manhattan Project. So that's
3: pretty curious
4: as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah, and it's not hard to imagine that if you, if you could imagine a massive bomb that there would be a big cloud like that. But I don't know what else he wrote about, so he might have predicted all kinds of things. Or not predicted, but laid the groundwork for, I should say. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm going to definitely look into that.
4: Yeah, I think that they're science fiction. I don't. I you know now that I've you know I see how actually you know propaganda works and you know people have this kind of limited view of propaganda it's like well no I mean it's really it extends out a lot wider and 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 deeper than I think most people are aware of it's like propaganda has uh you know well I guess I'll put it this way. The, the Hollywood, uh, uh you know, uh, Imagineering department, you know, or in Disney as well. It's, it's funny how Disney is like a lot of, a lot of atomic energy propaganda comes out of Disney for some reason. It's funny <laughs> how they're so closely linked to all this, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, when, when you, when you think it's like, well, it's, it's, pretty simple actually when you kind of really take all this in you know and you look at the you know like these corporations like the Siemens Corporation and like how, how they're so intricately tied into the defense contracting and Disney you know they have you know it's like and then like the Hollywood and the CIA and all the links with that and then like the and then of course the military and then and then you think all this like really cozy relationship kinds kind kind of comes to the forefront when you start examining a lot of this stuff it's like wow they're like tight at the hip just about All these and then things. you think of like propaganda and then like people when they hear of the word propaganda they're thinking oh those Soviet posters you know with a constructor of this design and then like they're showing yeah. you and that's propaganda you know we've we we' learned that in high in high school and college and that's. but no it's it's it's, it's quite simply that the propaganda has um, advanced a little bit further beyond those simple posters right. and they've uh, utilized the, uh, um, you know, the myth, the myth-making and the, uh, the, um, um, what, you, what you call the uh, Hollywood, uh, um uh, specialties facts, <laughs> i guess yeah. I've, i' don't know why I'm struggling for words of that, but yeah, yeah. the hollywood uh magicians you know have come mm-hmm. to the aid of uh the uh state apparatus mm-hmm. right
3: maybe even o- obama's uh ban on the i mean repealing the propaganda ban is also propaganda. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because all this stuff's been happening long before he did this. I mean, oh, the, um, he the been lying to us for a very, very long time, not just since 2012, when he, when he lifted the ban on domestic propaganda to be used against us.
4: Yeah, what was that law that uh, was, wasn't repealed, but it, uh, yeah, they did away with the. Yeah. The law that says that the military can't propagandize its own people. The uh it's kind of on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it, but yeah, that uh, that law. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, we're supposed to. Yeah, that's propaganda. Yeah, I agree. I think that's propaganda. <laughs> it's 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 almost like the the by implication or by inference, we're we're supposed to believe that prior to that time that there that the military was restrained by the law which that's that's another thing i talk about too it's like well see the law is not for people at the uh upper rungs it's for the average schlub it's not it's never been for you know it never has applied to generals and people and Positions right. of authority and power, the law has never applied to them. It never has, and never will be. And um, yeah, okay. you know, heads of corporations I mean, and Clinton
3: people. I mean, is definitely fleshing that out right now. You know, what's that again? I said to Hillary Clinton. What's going on with her right now, and all her blatant crimes, and, and then not having to pay for anything is showing the world just that they, these people are above the law. The laws don't apply to them; they apply to you and me.
4: Yeah, and if it doesn't apply to Hillary Clinton, but she—I don't think she's anybody. She's just kind of a a figurehead, you know, a you know, kind of a somebody that's put out there in front of people to. But you know, the laws still don't even apply to her, and she's not even—I don't think—that high up in the right in the. Food chain, so to speak. She's kinda lower level and the yeah, and the laws don't even the laws don't even apply to your local judges and stuff. And that's another <laughs> thing too. Or even your cops, you know. They don't they don't go to jail for DUI or anything else, you know.
3: They don't go they not go to jail for murdering people in broad daylight.
4: Oh, they can do that too. They could, you know Do shoot I shoot shoot an old woman in the face and not go to jail for it. That just recently happened too. It's like oh well, sorry about that. That's all they have to do. So, if it, yeah. Th- th- yeah, if they don't apply to them, it's like, yes, they certainly don't apply to like a, you know, five-star general or anybody kind of higher up. Yeah. Nice. I I put out um, it, a post on the blog. It's it's because uh, government conspiracy is impossible is what I titled it because, you know, I've I, I've came to the conclusion myself that it's like yeah government like conspiracies aren't really possible and I and and somebody might think you know oh so Chris doesn't believe there's such thing as conspiracy or it's like well no it's like what I'm what what I the point I was making with that is like. If, if the law doesn't apply to certain people, certain designated people, like people that identify themselves as government, which it, it clearly does not. I've came to that conclusion a while back. It's like, okay, the law clearly doesn't apply to these people. Well, so then if it doesn't apply to them, they're, they can't be involved in a conspiracy because the, the, the conspiracy implies that they've broken some kind of law. You can't break the law if you're above the law, you know. It's like it's like you know the, the Creator God that's outside the scope of the laws that limit his creation you know he's he's immune from time and space and all that he's the creator so he's like those those laws don't apply to the Creator God it's like these gods that rule over us it's like yeah the laws and regulations and stuff that apply to the underlings don't apply to the gods
3: right exactly.
4: So yeah, they they can't be involved in the conspiracy because they can't they can't break the law and that's for the fact that the laws simply
3: don't apply to them. Hmm. That's interesting. i had never thought of it that way. So they can kind of do whatever they want with impunity because they're above that. They're above being punished for anything. Everything they do, there's a reason for it. They're not doing anything wrong, basically. I mean yeah, they have legality, but does <sighs>
4: Yeah, but does that mean like a your local cop can go and rape women with impunity and 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 rob and pillage and steal? It's like, well, no, and the and I think the only reason why they they can't is because the, the whole um the, the, what the, what what the the system operates off of is uh is public relations to a large degree. I mean, they have to put on a presentation to make make themselves look like they're legitimate, at least on some level. You know what I mean? They have to make what they do look oh, yeah. like it's valid yeah. in some way. And that's public relations. They do this through public relations. That's why they have certain individuals that are very good at, at speaking. And they can talk in circles and everything. And they can talk around questions and stuff like that. And you see it all the time. Like They'll be asked a direct question and then they'll take, you know, five minutes answering a question that should have took, you know, uh, 20 seconds to answer. And when they're done, they still haven't said anything. It's like, those kind of people are perfect oh, yeah. for being representatives of government because that's what government is. It's word salad. It's talking in circles. It's it's a bunch yeah. of jive. It's arbitrary. It doesn't yeah. make any logical sense. And then that's why you see the, the politicians, and the, a politician can be your local... Police chief and uh, usually they're politicians and like, yeah. yeah, listen to them answer a question or or better yet, listen to them not answer the question. And it's like, yeah, they're adept at, you know, um, words of art, you know, word salad. And it's like, they can, they could talk and they can make you believe they answer the question, but they actually don't. It's like, that's, it's, that's, that's consistent with this thing called government. And that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's basically just a huge, exercise in um, uh, skillful public manipulation public relations and and uh, that that's how it operates so they can't have you know cops going out and just raping people willy-nilly and you know yeah no. know, shooting people at random they have to have some kind of plausibly deniable reason like oh, Well, you know, you reached into your glove box and I saw a shiny object in there. Well, it it turned out it was my, you know, sunglasses, but that I I still got, you know, shot in the face. Right. And but, you know, the cops off the hook because, you know, he his, you know, life was, quote unquote, he felt threatened, you know.
1: Right. And, you
4: know, well, he's a god, too, so he can't be faulted for uh, being being too. Excessive, being excessive or anything. He's incapable of that. So, you know, because the laws don't apply to them. Right. They only enforce the law on other people.
3: Like that happened here in LA, maybe almost a year ago, broad daylight, and you can find his video on YouTube. There, I think there's six police officers, um, with this very thin homeless man, unarmed. And they basically just shoot him on the sidewalk. It's on video. They're they're they scuffling with him. The guy is unarmed. He's he's. I mean, they overpower him completely, and they still shoot him like at point blank range and murder him right there in front of all these people watching and filming it. And you know oh, yeah. the story. Oh, yeah. The story they give is oh. he said he tried to reach for my gun or some ridiculous thing like that. You know, six of them. They can't. Control one skinny little homeless man. They have to blow him. They have to kill him because they, I mean, even if he is reaching for the gun, is he is he going to get it? They're all holding their guns. You know, it's just it's just so obvious that they just do this. And like you say, you know, oh, I saw something shiny in the glove compartment. They just make up any little excuse and they get away with it because they're above the law, and they're doing this all the time.
4: Yeah, somebody made a point too. Like they're talking about this you know it's a, that, you know well you know this example after example after example of that sort of thing like you're describing and then like oh well you know the, the police aren't punished they're not even fired in a lot of cases and stuff like that um but you know when it's the kind of the 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 tables turn and it's like your average your average schmuck that's kind of being put put under the microscope and stuff like that it's like yeah yeah they'll, they'll just throw the book at you for just even some kind of you know oh,
2: and,
4: and and the and the uh and the requirement you know for finding you guilty is like much you know the uh, for finding an average person guilty of a crime is like the the, the standard is like much lower but for but for to, to find a uh, an official or a policeman guilty i mean the, the standard is extremely high. They said, well, you know, all we have to do is like take the same, you know, standard of proof that it's applied to the police and then like let's 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 extend that to the average citizen and it's like, yeah, we could pretty much empty out the jails you know.
3: Yeah, exactly. And
4: and then we would have a lot less expenditure on warehousing all these people in jail. Just take the same standards that you know the burden of proof that's for cops, and then give extend that out to everybody else. And say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But you yeah. know, are, are we going to do that? It's like, no, absolutely not. Well, that, no, that would completely the reasons, dismantle the system.
3: One of the reasons we're not going to do that is because prisons are a business, and they're making money. The more people they get in there, the more money they're making. A lot of prisons are privately owned. I don't, you know, I haven't looked really deeply into this, but. It's something that I I, I keep hearing talked about. A lot of people have done research on that. So, yeah, they got to keep those things filled up. And it's not difficult to do. People doing things every day, and they can just, I mean, they can say whatever they want, basically. Police officers can arrest you and create a scenario, and you're gone.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much because there's not. Well,
3: they're the cop They're the law. They have to be believed. If people believe the law, you know. It's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, and their word is gold in court. So if they say something, it's pretty much set in stone. Right. And then, like, uh, so if they put any kind of accusation on you, then you have to prove yourself innocent. And you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. And that's the way the courts and the system works, at least from my experience. It's like, yeah, they get accused of something, and then you have to go you know prove yourself innocent yep. to the to the court to the system like well no I didn't break the law and you have to show them the law you have to tell them about the law and it's like you have to go dig up the the actual law and the definitions and show it to them and then they you know then they say oh yeah you didn't break a law it's like uh, so you huh. didn't know that ahead of time but you went ahead and acted as if I did but see yeah. there's no consequences for them they themselves breaking the law and using all the uh, resources available to them as a representative of this thing called the state, which is basically the, uh, you know, they've extracted from the average person to come after you, but then see, there's no, there's no uh, consequences for them for, for doing that, which, which should be criminal. I mean, that should be recognized as being criminal, but it's not, you know, it's like because like I said earlier, there are authorities and authorities are, are themselves above and beyond the law. They're outside of the law.
3: I agree with that.
4: But, uh, I got a caller. I want to, is it cool? Uh, you want to take, you know, take a caller?
3: Gonna, I think I'm going to go.
4: Okay. And then I'll
3: let you take your next call. That'd be cool.
4: All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, it was a really good discussion. I enjoyed it. And, uh, I'm learning yeah, more. so you have an open invitation. You can come on anytime. I do this cool. regularly at the same time. So if you have anything you want to share or put out there, you know, yeah, feel free to, to call in.
3: Yeah, definitely. Sounds good.
4: Yeah. I appreciate it. So have and, a good uh, rest of your show,
3: and we'll be in touch, and I'll be listening.
4: All right, Robin. I, I, thanks again, man.
2: Cool, thank have you. A good night. You too, bye bye. Okay, take care. Yeah, that
4: was cool. Uh, so we oh. have had Robin on there and then again, his, um his YouTube channel is, uh, How I See the World. And, uh, if you put that into the Google, you should be able to bring that up. How I See the World, uh, YouTube or put that in the YouTube search. You should bring up his channel and see. Uh, I should bring it up and put it into the chat. Uh, I got North central Kentucky on the line. I got an echo coming back at me too. Let's see. Da, da, da.
2: Put that in the chat. So we got Kentucky. Are you there? I don't hear anybody. Let's see. Uh, Man. YouTube, I'm having... Well, the search engine doesn't bring his channel up. But I I have... um, I'll have that on my blog, hoaxbusterscall.com.
4: Hoaxbusterscall.com. Yeah, I'll have a... Actually, one of his videos is in there. I just recently posted so you can find his channel that way, too. If you go look at hoaxbusterskull dot com, uh, do do do. I'm looking over the chat. What's going on? What's going on? Confusion reigns here on hoaxbuster skull. Um, yeah, North Central Kentucky. I know you've been on hold a while. Sorry about that. Um, I don't, I don't know if you're still on the line, but if you are, you can just chime in at any time. That's cool. I got you unmuted now. Uh. See, I don't. I see Rochelle on, but I don't. I don't. I don't
2: know if she wants to talk. I don't think she wants to talk. Um, you can uh, star eight if you want
4: to talk, Rochelle. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, she said she's listening in.
2: Um,
4: what's going on in the chat? Do 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 do. Rollo says nice work on correcting Robin on nukes, Chris. Yeah. Well I don't feel like I was correcting him. maybe just, you know, kind of pointing out that uh my position on that that nukes don't exist. Well, Chris, do you have any proof? This is I'm um, I'm um, I'm uh mocking people who come on my channel as commenters. And people come out. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, what, you know, prove it, prove they don't exist. It's like, yeah, I don't, I can't prove that. um I I don't know. Like I was, I was making the joke where I, you know, alligators live in a Oklahoma. It's like, I, 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 I don't have any proof that they do reside around here. But then I, on the other hand, prove that they don't prove to me that there's no gators in Oklahoma. Like, Rochelle, can you prove to me, like, right now that there's no alligators in Oklahoma? Like, what proof do you have?
1: You know, because I can't even run through the whole state
4: of Oklahoma. Prove it to me. So you're telling me, Rochelle, that alligators exist here? That's crazy. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> I
1: don't know if they do, actually. That's absolutely
4: insane. I can't believe you coming on here spouting that nonsense alligators you're saying that we have alligators here well see it's like prove that they don't exist well what i mean what uh i guess what i'm getting at is like what you know i can't prove that nukes don't exist all i can say is that the proof the evidence being presented it doesn't stand up to scrutiny as far as i'm concerned in my opinion and i'm basing that on. Certain things that I think are pretty straightforward, pretty logical, pretty indisputable as far as, uh, you know, that footage being real. It's not real. How many frames of footage do you need to call the whole thing in question? I think you just need like
2: one frame of footage, right? That's not consistent with reality. Well, uh, well,
1: yeah, I think that someone told me once that they have never seen a mountain lion before, but they know that mountain lions exist or, you know, I've never seen an elephant before, but I know they exist, but I was just thinking that that's kind of not, that's like apples and oranges, because if you wanted to go see a mountain lion or if you really sought out to, if you, if you really went on an adventure to get a view of a buffalo or an elephant or a mountain lion, you could actually do that. Like that's not an impossible feat, you know? So it's, something that could be easily proven, whereas, like, you know, nuclear bombs, it's not really – the the amount of proof that there is to prove that an elephant or a mountain lion or whatever exists is completely different than the amount of proof that they use to prove that nuclear or whatever.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I think the difference is, too, is that, uh, you know, I mean, the only time I've ever seen an atomic bomb has been on, you know, television or film. I could say the same thing, too, for New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand. I've seen footage of New Zealand. I've never actually been there. I believe it exists but because of the, you know... Circumstantial evidence I could find in abundance out there, you know.
1: But if you wanted to go to New Zealand, I bet you you could buy a plane ticket and go there right now.
4: I could. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure I could. Um, yeah. I can't yeah. go to a viewing of a nuclear bomb, though. No. Um, but people will say, <laughs> well, you can talk to people that have. And it's like, well, I could talk <laughs> to people that, that believe they saw a nuclear bomb, but it's like, what? what did they actually see? I mean, because I could I can show I can show you film of where the military is talking about. Yeah, we're doing these tests and we're simulating an atomic bomb, but we're stacking up, you know, we're making this big, enormous stack of dynamite. And then we're going to blow that up and that's going to be our test. And it's like, well, why are you using dynamite? But for some reason, they did, and that's what they said, and that's what they put out there. so it's like, well, how do I know that I'm not looking at a dynamite explosion as opposed to some kind of fanciful uh super weapon that HG Wells made up in science fiction how do I know and you know
1: well, if you play your cards right, Chris, but I think of you showing a nuclear bomb you know you'll get you somebody'll show you a nuclear bomb if you you know America America talking all the mess that they do to North Korea. We'll get a nice backyard. Yeah, too. we'll
4: find out when Kim Jong-un fires a missile. At Portland, Oregon, by the way. that's I think they're, you're closer to Korea than... I don't know. I'm just it's making tremendous stuff up. But you're going to get hit with a newt. Before I do, in Oklahoma, Actually, we're kind of protected course. by all this land around... So it's more likely that Portland or uh, any any city that's near the ocean is more likely going to get hit.
1: I'm shaking in my boots. Hmm. Uh, but if that does happen, do I, to, do I have to go to work in the morning? Uh,
4: if you're living, yeah, you've to go to work. Well, you're in construction, so you'll have to go to work immediately rebuilding. You know, <laughs> Working aside, yeah. Been it's laundry, family building, rebuilding uh, that uh,
1: yeah, the building. Well, so that's job security. So, um, I don't really have anything to worry about, I guess.
4: Yeah, it's actually, yeah, the more super weapons around that are destroying shit, the better it is for, yeah, anybody in construction, you know. You know, uh,
1: absolutely wonderful because i knew things were going to go this way and that's why i chose this line of work uh besides it being my passion (laughs) obviously
4: but i guess the answer to the question is no i don't have any proof that uh atomic bombs don't exist but um yeah i'm 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 uh
2: I dismiss the uh evidence, so I just put it that way. It doesn't Doesn't
1: you're a sense. scientist or something?
4: I'm sorry. What was that again?
1: Are you a Are you a scientist or something?
4: No, I'm not a scientist. Not. Oh, so engineer. I guess I I can't really rightfully have any kind of opinion on anything that touches on <laughs> science. So but, sure. Yeah, I just I'm just of course, just, you know, voicing my own opinion on stuff. I mean, but, yeah, since I'm not a scientist, none of nothing what I say holds any weight, you know, because I'd have to be. Uh, actually, I, I couldn't just be a scientist. I'd have to be a, a, a physicist, right? A, a well, you physicist. need
1: to have some kind of degree. I mean, I'm sure you've been to college and you have a degree in something that makes your opinion legitimate.
4: Yeah, I have I have a degree, but it's not a oh. it's not science degree. But I don't I don't think it applies to anything. That yeah, I'm not qualified really to have any kind of opinion on nukes or nuclear energy or nuke bombs or evolution theory or quantum physics or anything really. So, uh,
1: right, degree. you don't have a degree in this field, right?
4: No, nope, I don't. Nor have do a I. So
1: that's why I'm mute.
4: So, uh, yeah. So basically we don't, can't really have an opinion on anything of that, you know, cause, um, you know, in order to have any kind of, uh, way to criticize, anything that's presented by the scientific establishment, you would have to have advanced knowledge in that specified field, right? Like, and other, otherwise you have to accept it as confirmed fact.
1: Yeah, you better shut up. Basically. Just shut
4: up and, um, yeah, don't, uh,
2: don't even try to, uh, to 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 uh dismiss it well you can't. You can't, right? How how does this how does this work?
1: How does what work?
4: I mean this belief system that we're supposed to be uh all clinging to. Like you But I hear people do it all the time though. I hear people give opinions about things all the time, like Talking like they know about you know evolution theory, you know normally like he'll hear people out there um, talking about things in Darwinistic terms, like they know a lot about it. But see, they don't have degrees in biology or anything.
1: But they get all their opinions from people who do and who tell them what to think. Right? Oh, okay.
4: Head. Yeah. So that's uh. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah. If now
1: if they were to, okay. you know, venture off the garden path and start talking about things that maybe they, you know, sat down and thought about, like their own, like personal opinions, uh, that's just not okay.
2: <laughs> right. Like, so it's
1: okay it's if you want to, to
4: get- re repeat what an authority says and yeah. talk about it as if you know what you're talking about and yeah. then speak People. about it with confidence that's okay, but if you want to have a contrary opinion, if you want to like be critical, then you have to go out, and then you have to get a degree. You
1: need a degree for that, yeah.
4: Probably a PhD would be better. And then if I want to talk about nukes, I'd have to get a PhD in, in nuclear physics, right? Something like that? Uh,
1: you have to, mm, I think you'd have to build a nuke. First of all, and set it off. I
4: have to off. build a nuke to prove that they don't exist. <laughs> I have to build a nuke. Yeah. That's good, Rachelle. I, I, <laughs> that's a pretty high bar you're setting, though. I don't. I don't know. I have to actually construct a functioning nuke, detonate <laughs> it in my town here, and then that, then, then I would have the authority. Get on
1: the air and talk about exist. it,
4: Chris. Then I could talk about it all I want.
1: See, I know, know what I'm talking about. Because you killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: if I wipe everybody out with a nuke, I don't have to argue with them. <laughs> this, uh... I
1: like where this is going. So...
4: Yeah. I, yeah, how does it... Yeah, I guess... Well, that's the way we're told how it works. It's like, yeah, you don't have any kind of credentials. How are you going to tell me there ain't no such thing as nukes? I, I worked in the new. Nu- I get it's this funny thing too. I get all these people that are commenting, and it's like, um, it's just like the nine eleven thing. It's like every fifth or I may be exaggerating a little bit, but it's like I was at you know the New Mexico testing grounds, and I saw nukes in my own eyes. I was there. I saw nukes myself. It's like, yeah. So you just happened along my obscure channel, and you happened to be you know one of the very small fraction of a small fraction of a percentage of all the people that have walked the earth to actually have witnessed a nuke with your own eyes. And of all the people in the world, you just happen to be the one to come on and stumble across my particular obscure video that only has a, you know, I don't know how many views right now, but it's in the multiple tens of thousands, but it's, 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 it's relatively, like nothing as far as like exposure. But then, you know, I have all these people that saw nukes with their own eyes that come on and uh want to set me straight. Isn't that that's amazing, isn't it?
1: Do they still have eyes?
4: If they looked at the according to science, they should their eyes should be completely cooked, right?
1: Um, if they like, actually so,
4: saw the nuke, they should their yeah they should be blind right. In both
1: my eyes. God, so, I mean, They're obviously of some uh, alien descent, I guess. So I mean, it's possible. I don't know.
2: So uh, they, yeah, that, that would be a proper line. Probably
1: of is, did he send you a letter in braille or something? How did they really... it? They saw they saw your video and they saw the nuke. Okay, that's
2: cool, Yeah,
4: unless you're using a Braille assisted keyboard to make this comment, then you're a fucking liar because you can't (laughs) right, you can't look can you look at a nuke? No, you can't because you get your, yeah, burn your eyeballs out but uh, no, well they saw a mushroom cloud then, okay, so you saw a mushroom cloud and mushroom cloud equals nuke and it's like, um, yeah, okay. but why? Because that's what you're told. Yeah. Mushroom cloud equals nuke. Uh, okay. But it can't be another explanation. Well, like, uh, Anders Bjorkman says in his interview, it's like, you see these supposed nuke tests and there's all this black, sooty mushroom cloud, you know, it says, well, you know, according to what science says, you know, this is atomic vision that you're looking at. And it's like there's no consumption of carbon involved. You can't have black smoke without the consumption of uh, carbon. That's what produces black smoke so is carbon. Like you don't have, not according to the, what science says about nukes, is like there's no carbon being consumed. So how do you get in these, in a lot of instances, these black mushroom clouds you know, sooty uh, representative carbon being in there. Well, that's not possible unless you're looking at some sort of conventional explosion. So that's that's another interesting thing. But then again, I'm not a scientist. But it, but that guy is. He's a scientist and saying, well, you you don't you're not supposed to have carbon. How are you having
2: this, uh, you know, black smoke and soot? Not possible. So I don't know. But I'm not a scientist. Got to reemphasize that.
1: Thanks for clearing that up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The nuclear bomb is just a, it's a complete joke to me. It's, it's a great, uh, I mean, it's a great starting point into figuring out how like ridiculous things can be. Because because I think that when you really start to look into it more, it, it's actually pretty comical and pretty elementary. That's how it seems like a lot of these things are kind of like the moon landing and stuff. And, um, I just don't understand how, uh, you know, you could have any discrepancies in the nuclear bomb at all and not be suspicious about everything. So, um, well, yeah, good job on the video. Which one? You're
4: uh, going
1: to, your, your, your nuclear, each one of this video, you know, uh, The Jesse Wall video was a little long, but you know what I mean? Like I think that you three minutes, the three or five minutes is pretty short, but it's, um, yeah, I think that 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 one was really good. Right to the point.
4: Yeah. I've kind of learned after doing videos over years that, um, yeah, keep it three minutes. Keep it three minutes. Three minutes is even kind of long. Make it even shorter if you can. Cause you, most videos that you watch, and this is just kind of a critique that I've, you know, by watching a lot of videos and by doing a lot of videos, creating a lot of videos is that, um, it, it and I think this is the same for like any kind of creation process. You're creating something and no matter what it is, it's like, um yeah, put it together, put put do what it just go into it, you know, just jump in with both feet, start putting it together and then like but you but then spend uh spend enough time you know going over it looking at what you can uh take away from it or edit out. And then do it again, and do it again, and then get get it whittled down like at just anything that could be extraneous or additional that you don't need to have in there that you can take out and that's uh that's just the I think good advice it's like, yeah, just pare it down, yeah. make it as simple and direct as possible, and just get anything yeah. out of it that's extraneous, you know, yeah,
1: it needs to be simple because that's that's what I think that the reason that we see like you and I and a lot of people listening to these the reason we see the propaganda so easily is because it's so childish and elementary. It's so simple and simplistic, you know? Once you see it, it's just, it's so basic. It, that, that's, that's to the point where it's comical in comedy, you know? And I know that you've seen the movie Wag the Dog. Um, uh, And, and I think that in one of the conversations that um, the two main characters were having, we were talking about he, he said something about how something was so corny, you know, like why, why is that people corny? It's like corny it's like, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be propaganda. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't work if it wasn't corny. Like it has to be corny. It has to be stupid and simple because that's the only thing that like the masses were part of the masses. But I mean, you know, a group of people, like all of America can't have a discussion and a critical uh, conversation about something you know to get down to the basis of something, so everything has to be so simple so that people understand it and, and take it in and don't look any deeper
2: oh you're um, cutting
4: out there Rochelle.
1: Oh,
4: okay. oh I think i yeah i opened a I opened a link and that I think it's just trying to it's trying to force a bunch of ads down the i i think it I think it clogged up my uh internet connection and my skype there you still there, yeah. Okay, now you're coming through clear. Well, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just rambling anyway. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, I was just saying that, well, I don't really know what I'm saying. but
4: uh, Well, no, stuff, I mean, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, the, the stuff that's put out there is, like, really simplistic. Yeah, it is. It's like, that's...
1: Incredibly elementary. But it's, it has to be that way is what, I, what I'm trying to say. It's like, it, there's no other way to do it, you know? That's why, you know... I think that even with, like, the witnesses and the shooting and the drama that we see in the shootings and, you know, the stage events, it's so, it's like, it's so obvious. It's like theater, you know, where they're obviously acting and stuff like that. But I think it has to be that way to get, just like you were talking about how they go through stages of grief, you know, how completely ridiculous is that? in like, a few hours, basically. but, you know, and it's so comical, basically, that, you know, we know that it has to be that way. Just to get the point, just to get the point across, you know, it can't be done any other way because people can barely even, you know, what I mean, uh, watch a um, black and white movie or, or, you know, just watch somebody sitting on the screen talking for a little. Bit. People can't uh, string together long, uh, complete thoughts and like crit- use their critical thinking skills over a long period of time, you know, which would be required if, if you know what I mean, if you did see an event play out. Um, step by step by step, you know, you would be required to use a little bit of thinking, but they kind of just give you the synopsis of of everything, which makes it pretty ridiculous.
4: You know? No. Yeah. I think that's uh, important to, um, to get effective propaganda. Yeah. You have to have the, 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 uh, the clear cut bad guy. You have to have the, uh, the drama. You have to have it, um, you know, Kind of all all of it has to kind of be uh, summed up quickly. You can't have people laying around in the hospital, you know, coming in and out of consciousness, and then you know it's got to be miraculous recovery so that they can get on and they can they can do their talking points and read off the script. They have to, you know, you have to have this kind of in, in, in drama injected in with like people that oh, I have, I have. Uh, my missing son, my missing uh, daughter, whatever. Yeah, you know, we can't find them. They're, they're missing. You know, we don't, nobody knows where they're at. You know, what is the building? It's like what a couple of hundred, maybe a couple thousand square feet or something. But within that area, they, they can't locate this dude. He's just gone. We don't know where he is. Well, how many police you got at the scene? Well, we got 732 cops on the scene but we can't locate and identify everybody in here in this small confined area. It's taking, it's taking days for us to do it. You know, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, maybe we could bring in the national guard and then like some neighboring, um, you know, uh, states, we could bring all their cops in here and help you guys out. Maybe we need like four or 5,000 cops to help, you know, sort everything out. Cause it's taken so damn long, but no, that's, just, yeah. Oh God. Yeah yeah bring in the national guard bring in the army too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, help 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 them out help them identify because well, they're it's taking a long time
1: do you think that's just part of the drama then um, the missing I think that there's probably something else that you know i you know I don't know well I don't know anything but i which means that I don't know everything but you know there's got to be i know it's the unknown unknown or is it the known unknown I think it should be a known unknown. I know that there's things that I don't. Well, Rochelle,
4: know. there's known unknowns, and then there's unknown unknowns. Uh
1: huh. What else? There's, there's other things too, but we don't know. There's stuff
4: they're. we we know <laughs> we don't know, and there's stuff that we don't know that we don't know. There's
2: that too. Yeah.
1: So so um, then, uh, it's a known unknown. For me, that there's other there's other, there's other things like behind the scenes that we don't know so you know, So part of the as far as the missing people go, because it is becoming a theme now. I think that happened in Orlando. Yeah, it happened in um, there was it happened in nine eleven all the way back to nine eleven the missing person thing. You know what I'm saying? Remember that? So so um, is it, that part of the, the drama? The 9-11 one really seemed like it was dramatic, but I wonder if that's also. A part of something else that I don't know about, like some other, um, some other, w- some other way that to, to mask something, you know, kind of like what they do with a lot of things. They, they, um, have an overlay of a, another kind of psyop to cover up something else, you know. I guess I don't really know how to explain it, but, um, I think that definitely the drama is part of it, but I'm wondering if there's something else behind that too. God, I'm going to get that up.
4: Oh yeah, that's part of it for sure. Um well, you know, nine eleven <clears throat> you see the you see the big huge fireballs that come out of the buildings, like gigantic flame fireball coming out. It's actually pretty ridiculous when you kind of look at it. It's like yeah, would a plane would there be that much fuel in the thing where it makes this big gigantic so yeah, all that fuel, big giant fireball for for the show, and then still enough fuel to <laughs> burn the towers. I mean, but yeah, it's, it's it's about drama. It's about it's about the drama, about the over the top. There's always got to be that element. People getting shot in the head, uh, miraculous survival, and then um, y- yeah. So there's always that. Uh, yeah, this, this has got to be high drama. Oh, we don't know where this person is. We're searching for them. You know, like the it's Brussels like, bombing.
1: Like, I, I think if they did it in Nice, too. It's like to, just to captivate on the emotion. Oh, yeah, they did it in Nice and Brussels. Like, every event, you know, which it's... I mean, how do you know who died if you don't know where people are? I, um, no, we
4: don't know where they're at. <clears throat> they just disappear. I guess they... <laughs> could have vaporized or something, maybe.
1: maybe I mean, maybe or, it's to, you know, to put the story out. I mean, they can always bring it back, kind of like this John. It's, it's always a mystery that they can, um, I mean, they can wrap these mysteries up pretty quick. But I think, you know, this whole, our whole society is just penalized by um, little mysteries like this for our whole lives. I mean, they're even bringing back the whole John Benet thing, getting ready oh, to um. Oh my God. To make a movie about that. And stuff. finally, I'm surprised they haven't done it already but like um john you know wow. okay. yeah you know it's just like these it's just like these forever mysteries that people will you can forever be just um they can always bring it back for any reason you know um
4: people will yeah. still be interested in john bennett yeah well she's katie perry right is that what they're is that what everybody's concluded that she's now Kate oh Perry. Oh my god.
1: That was I've never even heard that ever. I've, you know, I haven't I haven't really looked into the JonBenet thing too much. It's but it, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I, that's, that's pretty funny to. Say that. I don't
4: know um, if I could possibly care less about uh, a lot of that stuff that's out there, especially like um yeah. Well,
1: it's rather just, interesting actually, you know, um I, I I'm trying to remember exactly now I, I should get my facts straight before I say anything, but, but just as a synopsis, let's say that, um, there is a father of one of, of like, you know, these, these, uh, Casey Anthony, Jody Arias, or, you know, these missing kids, basically these huge cases of missing, missing children. Um, Anne Hathaway, is that what her name was? Um, you know, these families are connected. Like there was one missing girl now now I gotta go into my shit and look, but there was a huge missing case, um JC Dugard, I don't know who it was, but you know, one of those huge cases. And um then the father actually ended up being married to the mother of like Anne Hathaway, the the, the one of the like teenage girls that went missing and another in um this was a few years ago. She was like a high school teenager or something like that that went missing in some country. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Chris? Right. Uh,
4: no. I, I, yeah. There's a lot of those okay. out there, and I get them kind of confused and stuff. I, right, missing so- people that turn up missing, and then yeah, and then there's some kind of missing or a mystery surrounding it. And there's yeah, there's been so many of those it's like um i guess everybody's only supposed to get concerned if they're kind of an upper middle class uh white individual that comes up missing and then yeah and then it, it kind of like oh it tugs on the heartstrings of the average american and then it can be made into a big deal there's a lot of those they go to the bahamas and they but the the thing is yeah so they they have to have the um uh, yeah sexual element in there, oh, they went to the Bahamas, and there was like some party scene going on, and then the thing and the deal, and then the girl comes up missing, and then um yeah the, the, and then it becomes some high profile thing, but yeah, it has to usually have some kind of like uh something salacious or titillating,
1: oh that, Natalie uh, Holloway, people. oh Natalie
4: Holloway, yeah, that's another yeah. one,
1: yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that Natalie Holloway, her mother, married um, the father of another high-profile missing case person, like, before her. Oh, really? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's how connected these things are. Absolutely. And I'm trying to figure out who that was right now. But, I mean, it's like, (laughs) you know, so I'm Um, saying that these court spectacles, they are pretty interesting, you know, the whole. um,
4: uh, Oh, yeah, I think they're designed to be, yeah. I
1: think yeah, that's why I, uh, <laughs> pretty funny, huh?
4: Well, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's, well, it's coincidence, coincidence, right? You know, it, it just has to be,
1: Oh yeah. no way there can
4: be, like some kind of a connection Obviously. between I know, these I heard, people.
1: I almost made it seem like that was something to be stopped talking
4: about. no, 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 we, we don't go there. We don't, we up. don't go there here. You know, that's, uh, no,
1: absolutely not.
4: Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's just that, uh, Well, I have to re, I have to qualify from time to time, you know, when I'm going into this stuff. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it was certainly coincidence. You know, I'm not ever suggesting anything when I, when when I personally bring in, you know, all these connections and stuff like that. Um, well, it's Southern California. Are they on the line or is this, uh, maybe John Adams? I don't know. That's a, that's a, Unknown, unknown at this point. All I know is uh, S California is on the line. It is.
0: It is I.
4: So now we've, now we know. We're in the know, so to speak.
0: That's what Nancy Reagan was promoting. And she said, just say no. You thought it was N-O? It was really K-N-O-W. Just say no. That was for those who were in the know. Just simply
4: putting it out there, like just say no but you know that I know that you know if you happen to be in the know that I don't mean N-O, I mean
0: O-W there was a band in the 60s called the Velvet Underground that was in purposely put out there to reference the swanky underground bases that the Troglodytes have in the Moho discontinuity. The velvet underground.
4: And then the velvet I guess would be reference to the uh, velvet leisure suits that are the standard uniform in the bases in the Moho discontinuity
0: if I'm not mistaken. That's why you have a lazy boy recliner, because the men who really run things, the drollywoodites, they refer to themselves as lazy boys. That's, yeah, I've heard
2: that other places too, so that's confirmed as far as I'm concerned. So the o lounger would be probably in reference
4: to that as well. So you have the word bark, which would be uh yeah, indicative of the uh
0: of, it's of from the dog. The dog and then they said And who's the the, who who's the, the who's they, the dog? Uh, the dog is Pluto. Pluto's oh. a dog and he's also a planet.
4: A dog and a planet.
0: That's right. He's the god of the underground. The dog of the underground. Now, you see, you, you you mixed it up there, but that's correct in your accidental mixing it up. You said the dog of the underground, he's the god. Dog, God, the dog, the God of the underground.
2: And what would that be in? Hey, Chris. To that? Oh
1: shit. No, go ahead. Oh, before I get off her tech, clear this up real quick. Um, it's uh, John Ramsey married Beth Holloway. So John Benay Ramsey's father married Beth Holloway's mother. So okay, Natalie Holloway's mother. Oh yeah. Anyway, end of story.
4: Like when did this happen? Like recently?
1: Well, I guess it's probably as far back as, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand Yeah. I'm glad
0: you cleared that up. I'm glad you cleared that up, Rochelle, because I was gonna go I was gonna go away from this episode thinking that John Mellencamp married Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> So John Mellencamp married Anne Hathaway. I didn't know
2: that.
1: That too, that too. <laughs> so what do you, how do you like them apples or uh, whatever?
2: <laughs> that's,
4: that's the first time I've heard that. And you're not a <laughs> entertainment tonight uh, reporter, so I don't know if we could take anything you say about celebrity um, yeah. seriously. Man, but I appreciate your opinion.
1: Yeah, it is just an opinion. Fucking shit, but I mean, the, uh, all I have is digital proof. <laughs> Nothing.
2: Well, that's it's all, their all, physical
1: story. It's their yeah. physical story. That's what I like to go off of. But I like this is what they're saying, no matter what bullshit it is. That's what they're saying. Why are they saying that? You know, this is the yeah. story that they're giving. Us, so yeah.
4: No, I yeah, yeah. it's curious. It's pretty curious. I don't, I don't. I don't know exactly what to make out of it, but um, yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Court spectacles, man. O.J. Simpson, all that stuff. You know, Jody Arias. This a different. It's like I was trying to say that YouTube is a different. It's a different um, genre of television that we're all. Come, that we're all just experiencing now. You know, it hasn't been labeled yet. I mean, it kind of has multi-channel networks you know, um, interactive television, um, you know, there's probably there's a lot of different labels on it. But I'm actually starting to think now of these courtroom spectacles and these courtroom dramas and the way that they play out with Aaron Rodger, Rodriguez, like, you know, all these NFL players and all that stuff. I'm, start, I'm starting to think that this is, that is also another form, another genre of television that we're not privy to, we're not being let in on, and it hasn't been um, labeled, like, out in the open. But there's definitely some label to it. You know, they do these mock trials that are very elaborate. And, Richelle,
0: and maybe give them, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they met at like a meeting for like people with lost daughters. Yeah, know, they're, right. they're they're like part of no, a foundation. Like though. the the lost, the people lost, the daughters of people lost in the the parents of daughters lost in high profile court cases foundation. Right, they're, they're stinking rich. They're... Every
1: single one of them stinking rich. They met,
0: they met at a meeting. They fell in love.
1: Three hundred dollar dinner.
0: Or, or to um, or John bunny Ramsey is Natalie Holloway,
1: huh? Huh? That <laughs> could that would be something. You <laughs> sure. know. The movie—it's like her digital, it's her digital. Maybe Dallas
0: Goldbug will comment on on this uh, on this episode too.
1: Maybe and Sharini
0: will come on and say that uh, that we are correct in that assessment.
1: What if? I mean, I don't want to go and look at it now, but maybe I will. I want to say, You know, I think she was six years old, of course, when she magically disappeared, and then how old Natalie Holloway was when she disappeared, and if those. <laughs> If the numbers match. Well, <laughs> so if
4: you want me, I can clear all of this up. See, John, JonBenet Ramsey, that that whole thing was a hoax. But then oh. later on, like, they had so much success in notoriety from that, they tried to repeat it again with Nancy Holloway, but Nancy Holloway yeah. got kidnapped and killed for real. Then they tried to cover oh. it up. And then since she was also playing the role of Katy Perry, they had to clone Katy Perry uh, from a DNA sample from the John Benet Ramsey court case. Okay. And then they ended up with, um, they got a mix up in the genetics or something like that. And it's not actually Katy Perry, but it's the same genetics of the girl that used to play, um, all of, Oh, no, the, I get it. Series. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit convoluted, but once you sort all that out, it starts to make sense. um, one day at a time. The, girl, the, the woman she was married
0: to. Eddie which works out good because.
4: Valerie. Because Bird as Collins. we assess.
0: They're all well, the same Yeah, thing. this works out good because as we assess that Katy Perry is, you know, the great, great niece of Charles Schwab, the Bethlehem Steel Magnet, which that is right. true. Um it's So she is in a point where you might.
1: With the swab, The swab, there's a swab that died in a, um, uh, on a roller coaster or something like that. This last week. <laughs> a little swab. I thought that, why I chuckled. But not yeah, a, the, um, I know, but it's a swab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, but they were pre- predictive programming for Charles Schwab that was DNA Schwab. <laughs> where it all started.
2: The DNA swab. Yep. You know,
0: that's what I mean. There, you know, now, now, Rochelle, were you aware, Chris is aware of this, but, but Dallas Goldberg just hit this, hit, hit me and Chris to this in the email. Jane Fonda is currently playing the part of Jane Fonda and Nancy Pelosi.
1: So, no, oh, that makes complete <laughs> He emailed you guys that?
4: Makes complete sense. Yeah.
1: Are you serious? Like a video? He has a new video up or something? Or is it like a... Was it just like well, a. when does he not have a new,
4: new video? <laughs> I think he puts out like
2: four Oh ears, like yeah.
1: That. Oh, really? Okay, I, I haven't have checked his channel. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, do the ears match? You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too much. I
1: uh, goodness.
4: Like the veins on her hand match, I think that's
1: Uh which hand?
4: Uh the right hand.
1: Uh, Ooh. Same vein yeah. If it's Maybe. the right hand, yeah.
4: As everybody knows, even you know, I mean you don't have to be a uh a doctor or uh or a uh even a biologist to know that it's like no two people have in the world have similar Vein patterns. Ever I mean, You know that, right? Ever
1: on the right and on the right hand. Especially on the right too. hand,
4: especially, yeah.
1: So, I mean, oh, I'm have to check that out. Well, I don't have to. If you tell me that the veins match, I already know mm-hmm. them. Well, it's
4: not that I told you; is that I told you what a science what science says. So that's well,
1: exactly. Confirms it. That's why I'm taking your word for it. Because right. it's not your word.
4: It's not my word. It's, yeah. And that's why you could take my word on just about everything, because I'm not speaking from my own accord. I'm I'm referencing somebody that does have a degree, some sort of a degree. So that's where I get my information from. So yeah, that that confirms just about everything that I say or ever will say. So just clear and thank
1: turning that up, because sometimes when I think that you're just speaking, you know, from the top of your head, I kind of put things on mute i didn't
4: want to admit that but uh, no yeah there's no need to do that Uh, i might be i might be um directly referencing john but see john too he's not going to say nothing unless it's from a reputable confirmed source you know in other words somebody that has right right we trust
1: that john doesn't have his own opinions either
4: yeah. So, if
0: so, I quote
4: so John, let me ask, the let
0: me ask this question real quick. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Let's just say, like, like let's just say, Rochelle. Let's say that hypothetically speaking, you and I disagreed on a particular subject, right? And I said to you, "Hey, Rochelle, why don't you come on an acting commute and defend your position in a?" cordial manner and we'll have a, you know, we'll talk about it. Right. Don't you think that, that, you know, just for the sake, like, like, like we wouldn't even do it in public. We wouldn't, I wouldn't even like challenge you on a call. I would, I would just, you know, like ask you through an email I'd say like, Hey, why don't you come on and we can talk about the uh, difference of opinion that we have just for the sake of like, People actually wanting the truth, like yourself or myself or Chris or anybody, like you would yeah. come on and defend your position, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I because you don't have to do it right then. There would be so much time to to get um, yourself in a position where you can do that, and you would have it. You would basically have an unlimited amount of time to prepare yourself for that. You wouldn't even, you know what I mean? There's no rush on anything like that, so that that eliminates the excuse or something like that to say. You don't have, you know, a couple minutes to uh, to find to do that. And, yeah, you would assume that that would be some in someone's best interest. Um, somebody would be excited to do that, actually, um, especially if they really did believe in their position. Yeah, definitely. They would have. You, there would be some insecurity that would. Um, it, it it says something about being insecure about something to deny the opportunity to do something like that.
0: I agree. And I also and I also agree with like like, you know, we we all in our I guess our tiny little community here, we all have like mutual respect for each other even though we all don't hold exactly the same opinions on everything, right? Well yeah, I don't uh,
1: agree with anything you
0: say, John. Oh yeah, but I still oh, I, know that, I know that. But but uh, <laughs> besides that Oh, okay. Besides that point, we all have like a mutual respect for, uh, you know, the stuff that we bring up on a call or something. You, you bring yeah. stuff up I don't know. I bring up I stuff you say- don't know. Sure. Chris brings up stuff we both don't know and so on and so forth. And, and everybody learns from it. And there's always an opportunity to defend the position if you want to, right?
1: Yeah, free reign. Yes. Now, what, now, so if
0: I so if I say that Jane Fonda is Nancy Pelosi, and you guys ask me for evidence of it, and then I just like hang up really quickly and don't come, don't ever come back on a call ever.
1: <laughs> well, did you, wait. Did you guys talk to him via telephono? No,
0: I just talked to him on Skype. I've
4: talked to him. But hey. I've talked to him on not uh, audio.
0: Not in the chat. Go, go, look, go look on the comments, go look on the comments of the last, um, of that, uh, special report that we just did.
1: I don't know how to do that. Why?
0: Cause then you'll see what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, that's where, okay, that's where it was put in there. Yeah. Okay.
4: Um, can you guys mention more celebrities? Cause I'm doing the call notes. And I want to I wanna pack it with celebrity names so I get more <laughs> exposure on
1: Google.
4: <laughs> These celebrities.
1: Well, do I you know, know any? Celebrity right now.
4: Well, I got Katy Perry, uh, I got Nancy Holloway, I got Donnie Ramsey. That's a big one.
1: Beyonce, Rihanna.
4: Oh, Beyonce. Uh, Thank you.
1: <laughs> Beyonce. Rihanna. And then do, do we actually have to say things about them? Be No, I just
0: mention them. Which okay. Is uh, the Partridge family. Okay. The Osmonds.
1: Oh, you know what I know? Another thing that's not interesting.
0: David Hasselhoff. How Damn,
1: about like Paris Hilton?
0: And
1: I, and I remember somebody talking about how Paris Hilton was just kind of a, kind of just an advertisement for a family. <laughs> Maybe not really a part of the family, which, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I definitely see her. Yeah,
0: she's not, a real, she's not a real Hilton. That's a good that's no, smile. You know what, she's a, not?
1: You never... You never really heard about her sister Nikki, right? You never she was never in the limelight like that or anything. You know who did Who did Nikki Hilton marry? Who's <laughs> younger than Paris Hilton? Paris Hilton, who's not even married. Nikki Hilton married—is um, it David Rockefeller? God, one of the Rockefellers. She married a Rockefeller son, though. And I'm just thinking about these dynasty families where they're, I mean, they're probably going to have a baby. And I mean, my God, dude, just thinking—I I thought about that because of Beyonce and Jay Z. I guess they're like the. Um, yeah, I guess OGD, for black people. Thanks. They're like a they're like a dynasty, you know. <laughs> you know, so they're gonna get together and have this baby, whether they really love each other or not, doesn't matter. It's kind of a it's a business deal, you know, and so that's why I feel like Nikki Hilton and Rockefeller thing. I don't you know, it's almost God, that's so funny that Nikki Hilton married, you know, this Rockefeller and Paris Hilton is just has a porno tape out and has done nothing, basically. Isn't that incredible? Older sister. I it's so weird.
0: She could be an illegitimate daughter.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, but... And, you they, know, well, they, they look a alike. lot alike. They do, exactly. That's what I was like. I don't know if that's that if they're actually... Yeah, they do look... She looks like her mom. Paris looks like, her mom, like Kathy. Um, but, you know, the fact that she's older and she hasn't married some dynasty... I don't know. It's, it's so weird. And I saw the pictures of her He's sitting at, you know, the pictures that they have of the wedding, or whatever. I just looked at the few, but Nikki sitting next to Paris and Paris's face. Oh man, it's just like, they have a look of shame, man. Like, yeah, look at my sister who's never in the media. No one who's, I think is prettier than Paris anyway. Um, younger. And yeah, now she's like a part of the dynasty family. And, uh, you know, Paris is just a um, failed porn star, basically from the media, from what the media, that's the story of the family for us. Yeah. So weird.
2: You mean Rothschild? She married
0: Rothschild. God
1: damn it. Rothschild. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Yes, I was, I was just, I'm, I'm busy, I'm busy watering my garden, but I was about to interject. She oh. uh, actually married James Rothschild. Yeah.
1: Eyes, and, yeah, no, um, I haven't even been drinking tonight, but uh some, yeah, I guess those you guys mixed up anyway. I apologize. Rothschild, Dickie hilton the Hiltons and the Rothschild. My God.
4: Did not know that.
1: Okay. <laughs> is
4: hotter than
1: uh Isn't she? She's so something. much prettier than Paris. And she's so under the rug like you know, isn't that what these real dynasty families are like? You know, they're not out in public partying and making sex tapes. None of that's just happening. They're, you know, they're doing stuff. Well, well actually,
0: actually, you know, I think, I think what Chris and I were talking about last week was that there are elements of these families that they do have these like different tiers yeah, exactly. where, yeah. where they're, you know, they've got these entertainment tiers of their family and then like, yeah. okay, like, are you are, are, are you familiar with David Mayer de Rothschild? Is
1: he, is he the older? No, I, I don't think so. I am. I'm not going to pretend like I do.
0: Okay, so he he's like one, he's like one of the Rothschilds. He's probably like he's probably like my age. He's probably like 38.
1: Oh, is um, he an introvert? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. I know so
0: he's is. all over. So he's all over <laughs> TV. He dates Cameron Diaz. He hangs out nice. with Adrian. Or whatever that guy's name is. He hangs out with Johnny Depp and he's all over Hollywood and he tricks all these Hollywood people into getting into like environmental, like foundation and donating money to his cause. And so his role is, is, you know, like Hollywood adventure. And, you know, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a Thor hired all Tom boat out of Coke bottles. Right and sail around the world on it and then you have someone now I don't know if you guys are aware of this but um I'll talk about this on on a call coming up but see Sasha Baron Cohen is a Rothschild really huh. yes Baron Cohen is a Rothschild name. That's actually the name of Karl Marx's wife. So Karl Marx was a Rothschild as well, right? And Karl Marx was married to a lady, I think her name is Elizabeth Baron Cohen. They are Rothschild. And Simon Baron Cohen's, or I'm sorry, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's cousin is a guy named Simon Baron Cohen. And you know what his specialty is? He's one of the chief guys out there studying autism and what causes autism. Go look look that up. Sasha Baron Cohen's cousin, Simon Baron Cohen, is a famous, like, geneticist who says that autism is genetic and not caused by vaccines. Oh, yeah. And they are Rothschilds. So why would you know sasha Baron Cohen he's obviously Roth you know why would a Rothschild become an actor? but then I think we've talked about this in the past remember this one chris i don't I don't know if Rochelle knows this, but the Rothschild lady who was the head of who whos the head of the Rothschild wine like the 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 French Rothschilds who owned all the vineyards
2: uh-huh.
0: she was an actress. Oh she was like an accomplished actress as well as being a Rothschild who ran the you know multi million dollar Rothschild wine company.
1: But that doesn't surprise me, isn't that just crazy? <laughs> no, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, so they're all actors.
1: <laughs> right. No, but they're, 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 yeah, see, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get at. That's what I'm saying about the Chambonet Ramsey and all this stuff. That's what I'm saying. These people are characters, you know, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, Paris, I don't know, there's, like, there's yeah, there's sometimes it's the whole family that are actors, and sometimes it's parts and portions of it that are, but, in general, these people are actors playing in roles that, you know, we may not necessarily understand, that I admit that I don't completely understand, but I'm trying to, you know, they're just elaborate personas that they play out in the media over our lifetimes
0: you know well even actor families
1: are like
0: they they have like a pedigree you know like i'll give you for instance um everybody knows who uh, and we're also killing two birds with one stone here talking about this because chris wanted to talk about more celebrities um so drew barrymore
1: okay Right, her family.
0: Her entire family is actors going back like a very long time. Her, you know, her grandfather was like Lionel Barrymore. Her dad is John Barrymore. Um, so she comes from a lineage. If you look at the, um, just in the modern day, like the Cusack family, John Cusack got a sister named Joan, got another sister named Anne. There's another one. There's like a bunch of them. Then their kids are actors on top of it. And then their parents were actors. So it's, you know, it runs in the family. How, how many times, um, in other professions, like just the man on the street, do you actually end up doing what your parents do?
1: Hmm. No, I mean,
4: the
2: average
1: person doesn't doesn't really happen that often. Yeah, I think this is in the 1800s. So, you know, um, the chances that somebody would become, you know, unless there's a lot of pressure, I think, and a lot of, you got to, I feel like, I don't have any kids, but I but I would think that if I were to have a kid and I were to want them to do exactly what I did, that you would have to, there'd be a lot of, like, um, direction. You'd have to direct them into doing that. I mean, because the, there's so many other things that they would want to do or be better at doing or something like that. You would really have to instill in them. I think that for the majority of them, you know, you would have to kind of force them down that path. I don't I don't think they, I don't that's
0: think where that's where you're right and you're wrong, uh, Rochelle. You're right about that. They would have to instill it in them. You're wrong about it not being the 1800s, actually for all of those people, it still is the 1800s oh, okay, yeah <laughs>
1: so so, so, are they, so are they still like you know they these um those, those pointy pens with the ink and they kind of make their own ink and nah.
0: uh uh <laughs> well they they still they still carry on traditions and values that that through, through the media they tell us that we're not supposed to do but yet they carry on those traditions themselves, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. They're old. they're so. you know, old families, lineages okay. of, uh, loyalty. Yeah. And you know, it, it must be, it's like kind of gang culture, um, but more elaborate, obviously more sophisticated, certainly and where, you know, they have meetings and they take minutes and all the stuff like that, uh, I imagine that that's probably how these families work where, you know, it's just, it's basically, it's like business time, man. Like within the family, like it's all business. I imagine so. Of course. And see, there's no, there's
0: not really any, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you can have a, you can have you know somebody become a teenager and maybe you know go get educated at school and go do do whatever, but you'll always have that that pressure or 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 even that um safety net to fall back on your name and so you might not even you might be born and bred into something like if you go look at the history of like the Rockefeller boys. The the ones that you know, John D, his sons, those guys were born and bred to run Standard Oil, and then whatever it was that came after that—the banking, the banking, and the foundations, and all that type of stuff—and that's exactly what they did. So it's you know, it's not like some mythical thing. It, it has to take place in reality to have children and then board uh, to breed them and to train them to be able to go into those positions because um just yeah. imagine yeah. how hard I mean I mean like like my like my parents wanted me to be a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely did not want to play sports. <laughs> and I never, I didn't end up, and I didn't end up playing sports. Um, so, and and after a certain age, I said, you know what? I'm not going to play baseball. I'm not, I'm not, I'm uh, not participating in sports anymore. And that's just it. in those families, you don't do that. Yeah. No,
1: it certainly gives a problem. new meaning to. I was born to do this. You know, I was born to play ball because I maybe. Now I'm thinking about, again, Jay-Z, Beyoncé, go ahead and type that in there, Chris. Um, You know, they have this daughter. So I'm not sure that they really did have a daughter. And, you know, what did they They probably bore her for something that we won't, I mean, maybe we'll die before we see exactly what her, (laughs) maybe she, you know, they, like, say we're going to have a kid and they sort out what the, you know, what that uh, child is going to do. Like, you know what I mean? They pretty much were giving birth to this child for a specific reason to fulfill a specific goal. And I wonder if that's how these families work. I mean, it would seem almost that they do. Well, if you're uh,
4: born into I one mean, of these families, you're, you're, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, you got, okay, so, you, you know, you're born into one of these, you know, wealthy families, and you're born into, you know, this aristocratic class and all that. And, like, if you, you know, they're going to put, uh, probably a lot of, a lot of, in a lot of circumstances, they're going to put these demands on you, and you have an option. You can say, "Yeah, well, you know, screw you, Dad. I'm not. I don't want to be a, you know, a uh, baseball player, or whatever." But then you have to make it on your own. You're not going to get financial assistance from your parents, right? They're going to write you out of the inheritance. He's
1: on you, yeah. There's probably kids that we don't know about from these families that are disowned, disowned children because they decide to go on off on their own or something, you know, and there's a documentary
4: out there about that very same thing where these people have come up in wealthy families and they get disinherited.
1: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I've,
0: I've I've heard about I've heard stories about disinherited Rothschilds. I don't know if they're true or not, but I'm just saying there are stories out there about those types.
4: Well, that's what happens to the ones that don't play along and then they get disinherited and then they have absolutely no, they have as much influence as, as like you or I do, you know, like.
1: I mean, I mean I'd not, like to feel there's, where, where they're not even like if they were to, you know, um, to write down, you know, wh- which children such and such has that they wouldn't even be mentioned in there. You know what I mean? Like that, that far being disowned to where you basically don't exist. I think the, I I believe that that has happened at least once before, <laughs> where you could where where this person wouldn't even be able to uh, prove that they were a part of that family because they've been so disowned by them, you know?
2: Yes, there was, um, uh, what was I thinking of?
0: Let me tell you. I said, I'm like, you guys remembered so like like in 2008, there was like this big scandal. I'm sure I'm sure it was a stage thing. I just thought I just thought of it right now. There was a guy who oh, I was know. going around saying that Clark Rockefeller. Oh, I thought you were gonna bring up
4: the Kanye West, um, Katy Perry feud. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <Nope. laughs> I Can't even think of her name. I I, I got to think of it because I got to put it in the notes. um
1: um. Um. I know. I know. I know. What's her name? It's the
4: country girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The country singer. Oh, damn T- it! Taylor Swift. Wood.
4: Taylor Swift. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now we can move damn on. I, I could... yeah,
2: well,
1: I'm right. sorry,
0: John. What were you saying? You know, I was saying there was a big, there was a big uh, scandal of some sorts that there was this guy named Clark Rockefeller who had gone around to all these places claiming he was a Rockefeller. And then it turned out he was, a, you know, or allegedly, I don't know if the story was real or not or anything. But um, he had conned all these people, saying he was a Rockefeller, and he actually wasn't a Rockefeller, right?
4: Well, was that a fairly recent thing, like a couple of years back? The guy that was coming, yeah. he was like putting YouTube videos out saying he was a, he was a a Rockefeller. Uh, was it Clark Rockefeller? No, I don't no, think it no. was Clark Rockefeller. It was something else. It was uh, no. You're,
0: thi- you're thinking the Supreme Rockefeller. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme
4: Rockefeller, yeah, that's what
0: I'm thinking. Supreme, Supreme Rockefeller was like the, you know, it was some of that ridiculous alternative media hoax of like the like, you know, he was like a lab experiment with David Rockefeller's sperm, and they, like created him to be the ultimate, like they created him to be the Antichrist and his name was Supreme Rockefeller and he had like United Nations sponsorship and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, I need to come up with some kind of story for myself like that, something along that lines. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I I don't know, but it, it has to come from like one of you guys, like you have to like spread a rumor or something so I can get uh, some kind of cred like that. Like right. All you
0: would have to do is say that um, Kendall is actually, like, a Rockefeller name. It's, like, one of the, like, offshoot families.
4: Yeah. Right? Yeah, that'll work.
0: Like, the Kent. Oh, oh, what, you've ne- Rochelle, you've never heard of the Kendalls of Arkansas?
1: Well, I'm actually related to the uh, Kendall family, but um, they disown me because I'm <laughs> black. So, and that's the only reason why... <laughs> I can't get <laughs> I can't get the proceeds of the Rothschild family, which we're all related to. Yes, right? Rochelle is a
0: Rochelle is a um disowned. an illegitimate uh, illegitimate relative of Thomas Jefferson.
1: Uh, I mean, one night in Brooklyn, and you know, here I come. And now, yeah, now I'm disowned, and I just got to make my own way. Apparently, um,
0: apparently uh, he had a, a taste for the. Uh,
1: well that's look, what You know, jazz.
0: Yes. That's why there's so many black people with the last name Jefferson. Well George George Jefferson is actually related to Thomas Jefferson. Yep, you heard it here first. George and Wheezy, yep. They were related yeah. to Thomas Jefferson.
1: Which I'm also related to, and I'm not going to go down the... I mean, you can go figure that out
0: yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to go down the list. It's too obvious.
0: <laughs> no, just look, look up the Vanity Fair article on Clark Rockefeller, and, and you can read about that. Little, I'm sure it's some sort of media hoax of some sort, but it was just weird, like, because... Well like I mean, you actually... see in, in, in like different in like a different time, like David Rockefeller actually was like kind of a he's actually kind of like a rock star of like the business world in like the sixties uh, and seventies. Like Trump. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit taken take a little bit more seriously. But yeah, he was because he was the he was the CEO of Chase Manhattan Bank, that was like his given position, right? And so I mean you you guys have seen that cover of Newsweek where he's on the cover with his watch hand at nine eleven.
2: Uh
0: and um so yeah, I mean he's on the cover of Newsweek. So he, he used to be pretty you know, out in the open in the public eye to a certain extent but I think he was like the last one, like none of his kids and none of the relatives of like from that generation on, they all stay out of the limelight. Like if you go look at David Rockefeller Jr. You'll see that that guy like is a mover and a shaker just like his dad, but you've never ever heard of him ever. And then go look at all of like the Rockefeller kids. And then I've referenced this before. There was an article that came out in 2008 in the New York Times, and it talked about how like 200 members of the Rockefeller family own 84% preferred stock of ExxonMobil still to this day.
2: Hmm. a lot.
0: Right? You look at the uh, New York Times article, uh, Rockefellers seek change at Exxon. From 2008, and it'll say in there that the Rockefellers still own ExxonMobil, right? Uh-huh. It, it admits it in there when, when, of course, like, oh, of course, they, they, they don't control anything. They don't do anything, right? So they don't own those oil companies anymore.
4: Yeah, if you look, I've looked into their holdings and stuff like that. If you go pull up, the stuff that's officially out there and it's like yeah it's it's it, i don't remember it bringing any, anything that up but i don't i don't trust any of that i don't think it's legit i don't think you can pull up their real holdings anywhere
0: i don't think that's accessible to the public no of course but but like that's like their that's kind of like they're given, like if somebody did go look it up, I mean, it's the same thing with giving David Rockefeller the job at, at Chase Manhattan bank. That's like, that's like a job that's too low for him. Oh, yeah right? certainly. That's kind of like, that's like his cover. I mean, you, you think that they, that they put all of their money into the Rockefeller foundation so that they don't actually own anything at all and then with the rockefeller foundation you know through that foundation funds everything under the sun from the from the united nations to the school system to you know women's liberation movements in south america and all you know eugenics programs and all that stuff it's all funded through the rockefeller foundation And that is so that they can never say that they actually own anything. And that they actually don't have any control over it.
2: Well, it says
4: here, this is like articles from around March of this year, that Rockefeller Family Fund hits Exxon Exxon divest from fossil fuels. So Rockefellers, John, are divesting from uh, fossil fuels now
0: that 2008 article that says Rockefellers seek change at Exxon and what it was saying was is that the CEO of, at the time Rex Tillerson was in disagreement with the rest of the Rockefellers because the Rockefellers wanted to go green
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course they do
0: Yeah, if you, there, there, I remember this there was um, the Rockefellers own a, an oil company called Marathon Oil uh-huh. and in like 2009 Newsweek had the you know top 100 greenest corporations in America uh-huh. and like Marathon Oil was in the top 5 and I was cracking up I was like going well, I mean, this is hilarious an oil company is one of the top five greenest corporations in America, according to Newsweek. This is this is like, like what kind of bizarro flip, you know world am I living in here, where an oil company is the greenest, right? And so when I looked it up, and it turns out, oh yeah, you know, it's like a direct Rockefeller entity.
4: Well, you are okay. So. Have they offset?
0: Not that, not, that, not that any oil company isn't. I'm sure they, like, you know, they they're, they're, they are the oil front of the world right there. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, see, too, now they can be an oil company and then they could actually, you know, you know, do the regular pollutant that oil refineries and stuff do. But, see, they can... They can cancel all that out with, um, the, the, on the carbon exchange market, right?
0: Yeah, they'll offset with their carbon credits, they'll offset their pollution by whatever. But see, then you go and you look at how, um, David Mayer de Rothschild and Al Gore were the front guys for setting up the carbon market scheme. <laughs> uh
2: huh.
0: So it's actually Rothschild, right? And then if you go look at the, it was pretty recent. And I think we've talked about this before. How how recently the Rockefeller and Rothschild fortunes merged? Oh, uh huh. Yeah, you could look that article up. I think it's like 2014. No, it's 2015. It's last year, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was before then, but yeah, and I'm not even saying that those guys are the top of the heap, obviously. But, you know, those are the ones that we can at least have the information on. So, oh, what about Nelson Rockefeller? That was a politician from the fifties on a, until he became the vice president under Gerald Ford. So he was in the public eye for a very long time. He was an actor.
2: Now he's also an actor. No, I was just saying he was a public actor. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I mean, like, like he has to run for president. He has to run for president, being a Rockefeller.
2: <laughs> right
4: no it's funny too like uh, you look up the uh, david rockefeller jr they have like you know the wikipedia entry all, off to the side you know every google result has that now and and the, and then it, it's funny how they uh, describe these people like david rockefeller jr is an american sailor philanthropist and an active participant in nonprofit environmental areas so, it, like, his, his, his yeah, he, he's known as an American sailor. American sailor. I mean, what's that mean?
0: Yeah, there, up, it's, it's, already obfuscating, it's already obfuscating the obvious there.
4: Yeah, and, like, David, the Rothschild, like, he's, his title is adventurer. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'll, always, I'll always remember that when, when, Jones, when Jones had him on and he read that and he's all, he's an adventurer like Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's your
4: title. is it, Yeah, I'm an, an adventurer. Oh, you just, yeah. I guess anybody could be, a, I could call myself like I said, an adventurer, right? You know, just
2: you know, uh, however you want to define that, I guess, is how you define it.
0: Every day is an adventure.
2: Yeah, every day is an adventure.
4: Life's a big adventure. I'm an adventurer. What do you do? Oh, I'm an adventurer.
2: No, like, what, yeah, what kind of title is that?
0: am <laughs> <laughs> an adventurer. Oh, it's hilarious. Only... Somebody worth trillions of dollars could say that.
4: Yeah, and be that be their title. Like, yeah. What? What are you? I'm oh, an adventurer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then David Rockefeller Jr. He's an American sailor. An American sailor. Yeah. Also, he's in the navy. What does that mean? He's in the navy, or it did. You know, what is that? Yeah. Or that's what he does, or he wants to be known
0: as. Those guys those guys have never like like they've never gotten like dirt under under their fingernails ever. Oh no, like, maybe maybe, not. maybe David Mayor de Rothschild has, but not, not the Rockefeller guys. No. Do you know that do you know that Prince Charles doesn't wipe his own butt?
4: Why would he wipe his own butt? I, I wouldn't expect him to. I mean, would you? the 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 royal The royal
0: family has has ass wipers.
4: Yeah, the the Jones talked about that. the The groom, what do they call it? Groom of the stool. We brought that up. The
0: the groom grooming the stool. That's right.
4: (laughs) Yeah, goes back a long way. Yeah, they had the bathroom attendant. And I wonder if, like, they have that in the like in the modern day, if you go to like certain places, like you go to the restroom and they'll have like a bathroom attendant, but you know, and they're not going to wipe your rear. I'm not saying that, but they'll hand you like a towel, you know, which is kind of, it's like, what, what's the point in that? You know, it's like, Oh, you really need a guy in the bathroom to hand you a towel, not, you know, paper towel or whatever but is, is that something that is sort of a cultural reference to the groom of the stool? I wonder.
0: I know like back in the twenties and thirties, they always had a uh, bathroom attendance. Um, guy would shine your shoes, give you a shave. Mm-hmm yeah it was a little it was a little bit different back then, obviously, but yeah it you know it probably comes from a, from aristocracy and then trickled down into the American upper class and then trickled down into the middle class and eventually went away altogether you know, you're lucky All to get a paper towel and, now you're lucky to even get a paper towel in the bathroom. Yeah,
4: and then you got a tip. I guess you're supposed to tip the guy. He's got a tip bowl out there. You put a tip in there. It's like, uh, yeah, but you don't get the, uh, you don't get the full groom of the stool treatment. You don't, in other words, but then you still have to tip, you know. What, you know, it's just, um, yeah, that's interesting. But Prince Charles, now, if he, is this if you have a good If
0: you admitted? have a bidet, if you have a bidet, why do you need the guy to do it?
2: No, you wouldn't need that, right? They if don't have use a, bidets a, a in bidet? either, do they? I don't know. They use them in
4: France. In France? Where else do they use them? I think he... I don't know. That's that's uh, yeah. You don't need a a butt wiper if you're using the bidet, right? I, I would think. Oh, maybe they towel you off back there. I guess that's maybe. Oh yeah, you
0: can't
4: get you can't get the royal pants wet. No, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to do that. The queen's mom's bomb can't if... be wet. No
2: appropriate, do they officially admit to that, or is that something that's like um I don't know there's officially a groom with a stool in the modern day
0: I don't know, I don't know in the modern day it did exist I know that I mean at least from the history books whether it was real or if it was, you know, some sort of thing. I'm, I'm sure it's real at some, at some level. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, get, if you get rich and powerful enough, why would you want to, what, why wouldn't you want to demean somebody by making them like your own butt?
4: Right. Yeah. I guess it makes sense
2: or get of a day, which, um, yeah. Even makes more sense, but uh
4: no, I wouldn't put it past them to do that to have that
2: going on in the modern day, so called modern day
0: but we've talked about that before how how the, how those how at the higher levels they don't engage in modern technology,
4: yeah, they don't have uh no, they don't have their kids running around with uh, iPads and stuff like that. No,
0: no. You, you never, you never see him with cell. You never see him with cell phones. You never see like a picture of like, like the you know the young hip like you know, Prince Harry or whatever. You never see photos of him like, you know, texting people. No,
2: they don't use smartphones
4: the royals I guess they wouldn't need to if you have attendants and shit you know you just pass messages through them
0: I've I've heard that the that the when you do the tour of Buckingham Palace that it's that it's it's like really you know you know it's it, you know they've they've updated their furniture over time with like you know minimal pieces that they've kept or whatever like furniture wise from previous time periods um, the um and then they they put this out in articles before. I don't know if it's true, obviously, I'm just saying that that they still talk on on rotary phones,
2: rotary phones, wow
0: and 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 there's even uh book, books that i have that i've i've talked about on calls before where there's um there's other families that you don't hear about very often um ones that used to be in the limelight but have gone underground and they even refer to themselves not in the keelian sense but they refer to themselves as troglodytes And they live in Washington, D.C., you know, people like the Livingston family. Um, And there's this author in this book, and he's interviewing them. And he said, yeah, they don't have modern amenities in their home, and they still have rotary phones in their house. And if they want to go tell somebody something, they drive over to their house. I'm just saying that's what's in the book. I'm not saying that's reality. That's just what he says. And these are like... Family. These are like, you know, high up families that run stuff from behind the scenes.
4: Yeah, I wonder if that has to do with the Wi Fi being bad for you and stuff like that, electromagnetic uh interference fields and stuff like that. I talked to a guy, he used to come on the calls a while back. And he said he worked for a company installing, you know, uh, Wi-Fi and uh, uh WAPs, you know, like access points and stuff. And, and he, he said that he he doesn't have anything like that in his house because it's bad. And that's what he said. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're all swimming in it now. Oh well, we're just constantly bathed in it,
0: and then, you, can't, you can't. I mean, you can't go. You can't go anywhere. I mean, I can drive. I can drive from here to, from my house to work, and you can just see how many. Um, like you can look on your smartphone, and you can see how many um, different uh, networks you can pick up on the way on the way to work.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was out in the mountains uh, yesterday. And I uh, brought I brought the smartphone, and I was testing to see what kind of I was getting a signal out there. Yeah, I was like pretty far out, and I was like I, I don't know where any cell towers would be, but I was still getting a pretty decent signal. But then uh, as I got as I got further along the, I was walking this trail. As I got further into it, it lost signal. But yeah, I had signal most of the way out there even way. I was like, that's, that's pretty remote.
0: That's, that's because of satellites, Chris, they're bouncing the stuff off satellites.
4: <laughs> yeah. Satellite. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You're not gonna, because I have, I was, I was doing that for a while. I had my internet hardwired in and I wasn't using Wi-Fi. And then, um, I turned on my, uh, I had this Wi Fi dongle thing you could plug in and you could kind of search out what signals are. And there's like signals all over the place. So it's like I, I can turn mine off or not have it in the house, but I'm still exposed to it because there's Wi Fi everywhere around me. Yep. You know, and it's not, yes, sir. It's not uh, something that you'd have to get out to somewhere where there's um, not, not any. Wi Fi, which is like there's from what I understand there's places around but they're kind of remote. I think there's a town in the United States that doesn't have any cell phones or Wi Fi or cell phone towers. There's no reception. There's no Wi Fi. That's
0: why the royalty wear The royalty wears the crowns to protect their heads from the Wi Fi. The gold crown protects them from
2: the electronics that are beaming down,
0: but underground, the Moho discontinuity protects the troglodytes from the Wi-Fi.
4: Do they use rotary phones in the discontinuity?
0: I would think they would. No, remember th- there's vents in the earth, and they just walk right up to the vent, and then they talk to you through the vent and, and the hole in the ground.
4: Oh, so they even go in more old school than the uh, uh, above-ground troglodytes. They just go ahead and use uh, vents. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm
0: not. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So
4: so really said that they talk through the vents
0: yeah he go look it up he'll say he says that the story of Moses and the burning bush is that Moses walked up to this bush and the bush started talking to him and it was a troglodyte talking to him through a vent in the, in the ground.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh
2: man
4: Yeah, so that's, that explains a lot. Yeah, what's going on around here? I was like, yeah, they're talking through the vents. I thought it was just talking. I thought I was hearing voices, but but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, talking through the talking through the vents.
0: That's what it is. Like, the people that you think are schizophrenic? No, they're not schizophrenic. It's troglodytes talking to them from the Moho discontinuity. Through the
4: vents, yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to get located near one, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it too. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> so you've heard the stories about, uh, Alan Watt will bring it up from time to time, like, uh, he, he, the phone has been around for, yeah, way longer than the average person is aware of, but they had them in their teapots. And then the teapot would ring and they could go answer the teapot. I don't know how they did it. Maybe one of the cups is the, uh, the uh, transmitter. Like you put it up to your ear and then you talk into the, I don't know how it worked, but yeah, that's the way the phone
0: used to be done. Yeah. That, that is in some, what he's talking about. I mean, he's making a reference to something. I, it might be Benjamin Franklin's biography. Yeah. I can't remember where it is, but I I, went, I looked up what it was he was talking about and he's alluding to something um, that he's... I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, I would agree with him to a certain extent, but yeah, he's kind of extrapolating out off of an idea like there was somebody who said that they saw him talking into a teapot and that a voice was coming out of a teapot. That's what, that's what I remember. I'd, I'd have to go look it up again, but that's what I remember from going and actually following up on what Alan Watt said.
4: And then the people would do that and then it would just be chalked up to, Oh, they're just eccentric
0: or something. Oh, they're just crazy. Are oh, they talking to or, or like, like, Benjamin Franklin was some sort of, you know, he was some sort of, expe- you know, like, they expected that from him because he was known for being a scientist and an experimenter.
2: Uh-huh. But they had phones back then.
4: Now, if you, you know, you take into consideration, too, that you could take, you know, tin cans and string and talk. You know, people did that when they were kids. I mean, that used to be a thing. It, did you ever try that? Yes, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, I, I tried it, and I don't know if I, what I was using didn't work or what, but it, I couldn't get it to work. But So, you, yeah, it does work. Yeah, you gotta
0: make sure the string's tight, though. That's the, the thing. you can go around a corner. Yeah. It's just vibration. I mean,
4: yeah, it's just vibration traveling through the. Uh... Now, that was pretty simple and straightforward now how how hard would it be to uh, do some enhancements to that and then have it
2: you know functional in some kind of
0: form form or another
2: early early back in the day
0: well well, let's just take for instance like the story of Tesla right we're always given the idea that Tesla is the father of like, you know, weather technology. Right. Right. But, but he was actually more interested in stuff, you know, like with what Thomas Edison was doing. Right. Cause so they were kind of in the race for the, you know, direct current alternate current type thing. They were both being funded by JP Morgan for that particular, uh, venture to, electrify the the world, right? Right. It could be quite possible that, you know, to assert, you know, maybe they had it beforehand or something, but that there were some advancements in what we think of as Wi-Fi now back then. And that may be more of along the lines of what the real research was in that particular area.
4: Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that like a lot of this stuff has been developed because you think about what are we talking about? We're talking about some kind of a, a principle that's been, you know, discovered that has, you know, probably multiple different kind of applications. And so Wi-Fi could take on, you know, multiple different forms as far as an application technology and yeah, no, no telling how far back it goes as far as a, you know, a, a a, a workable principle that can be applied to different things and how, how it's been applied and is anybody's guess, but you know, how far back it goes is anybody's guess. But yeah, I, I think that's how a lot of this stuff, uh, I, it's, it, you know, like they'll show like batteries. They'll talk about this a lot. And it's, it's usually in the context when somebody's trying to promote the ancient alien idea when they'll show you like, Oh yeah, in ancient Sumeria, they had batteries and you know, they, they've dug these up and they're, you know, functional batteries but they they're you know they're pretty relatively simple just having some like uh um, uh a, a, a copper cylinder inside of a a, a a clay pot with um some kind of uh you put some kind of lemon juice or whatever in it grape juice or whatever and it's conductive and you can generate current from that you know and uh so it's but then again the, you you have to bring into a lot of questions like okay, okay how far back does that go how old is ancient samaria what are we even talking about but um no i think that uh
0: a lot of this stuff it was like 50 years ago,
4: ago right ago. what's that again it
0: was, it was like like 50 years ago probably
4: ancient samaria no man i think it goes we're probably talking about 3 or 400 years ago ancient samaria goes that far back but um no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, but did they have batteries, man? You know, could that even that is that even possible? It's like, uh, well, I, I don't know why not. I mean,
0: well, I mean, how far back does copper go? You know, I mean, if it's from that time period, how would you not? Discover the conductivity of it.
4: Yeah, you know if it if you yeah if you're talking
0: about like um, people, copper's a, copper copper's an interesting metal. I work with it all day long. By the way, and copper's one of those metals where it'll pull other metals. Like if you have copper in the water, uh huh. Like actually drinking drinking water out of a copper container is actually good for you because it'll actually like attract the if, if there's metal in the water it will actually attract the other metal It's got like so a natural conductivity from, to it
4: keeps you from getting
2: metal drinking it oh, that's interesting I didn't know
0: that yeah you could you could go and find a whole bunch of stuff on copper online about it um, I've got like a little copper like water thermos thing and then you know like boiling water in a copper kettle
2: yeah.
4: yeah yeah they made yeah i know they made copper bottom kettles and i always thought the reason why was because it's more heat it, it it's it's it heats up faster it's more heat conductive yes too. that's another property of copper all right, yeah, thanks to uh, Robin that came on earlier. Uh, thanks to Rochelle and John and uh, and Donaldson there. It was good to hear from him. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's about it. Uh, I'm pretty tuckered out. It's 12.03 a.m. in the morning here in Lawton, Oklahoma, where I'm broadcasting out of The uh, great state of Oklahoma, the center of the United States of America, the greatest country on earth, and it's going to get greater when Donald Trump becomes president. And of course, I'm being sarcastic, but whatever. That's fine too. Um, Right on, right on. Ozzy says, Good call, Chris. Thank you. Catch you later. All right, man. Take her easy. Uh, Kalito Bragante." Uh, she wanted to call in, but uh, it's too late, Galito. You could call in next time, hopefully. She says, "Thank you, Sir Lord Kendall Vale, powdered wig tycoon man. Thank you for recognizing. Um, yeah, my powdered wig's at the at the groom of the stools to get reconfigured, confabulated with new powder, and I'll be getting that back on, and I'll be authoritative next time, so that." Everything will be according to regulations and bona fide and in the accordance with all the regulations of the groom of the stool and royalty and the troglodytes and uh the people that talk through the vents and um all of that. So tune in for that next time. Have a good night and uh yeah, hopefully we'll catch you next Monday. And hopefully I'll we'll have some audios maybe in between time. But uh, if not, we'll catch you then and see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. <clears throat> have a good night and take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hoax Busters Call. You can subscribe
2: to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. You can support the Hoax Busters
1: Call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media,
2: Fire up a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com.
1: Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters
2: Call.
3: Conspiracy.
1: Or just theory.